It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. Women make up a small percentage of career firefighters in the U.S., and they face unique challenges. Fred Tice reports that in Boston, the fire department is trying to address that. The Boston Fire Department recently put together an unusual workshop for female firefighters. Paula Bruins, a 26-year veteran firefighter, says the women share common challenges. The challenges that I'd say that female firefighters have is pretty much our physical fitness and getting along with, uh, you know, our male counterparts and working together and as a team. Some women still face prejudice. One firefighter tells a class that a guy in her fire station thinks the only place in the fire department for a woman is as a secretary. Normally, women attend fire department courses along with men, but Fire Commissioner Jack Dempsey realized that some differences need to be addressed. We've done this course for the men, and the women certainly were invited, but the physical exercises, that's probably the biggest difference. Uh, So this was geared specifically for women's bodies. Women have a lower center of gravity than men. Boston firefighter Diana McDevitt points out other challenges. I would say being a smaller stature, learning how to use my whole body to do movements rather than just upper body strength. The firefighters learn that they may be more flexible on one side, important to know when reaching for something at a fire. Adam LaRue, a founder of O2X Human Performance, the training company the Boston Fire Department hired to run this workshop, says despite physical differences, female firefighters have to accomplish the same tasks as male colleagues. They have to be able to drag and get low, get high, throw ladders up overhead. So you can see it's a very physically demanding job, but a lot of people don't recognize the mental demands. To address those mental demands, Ashley Ripke, a cognitive performance specialist who works with Army Special Forces, teaches the women to trust themselves. Changing their self-talk to recognize those beliefs that hold them back in performing. What are some of those beliefs? (laughs) For instance, having to prove themselves. And if they're not strong enough, you know, and, and the men are stronger or at least appear to be more physically fit. Ripke says in some situations, women have a physical advantage over men. A smaller person might be able to get through a small window or a crawl space to save a baby. She helps the women counter another preconception. The belief and the perception that women are more emotional or sensitive. <laughs> and working through those, those, you know, perspectives. And some of the women were saying, you know, I think it's the men that are actually more sensitive. All the instructors in this workshop are women. Paula Bruins likes that. They 
show a concern for us in a way that they have the same particular feelings or emotions or they understand a different mindset than, say, a male would. Six percent of career firefighters in the United States are women. In Boston, it's one percent. Boston's Fire Commissioner hopes to offer more workshops just for them. For NPR News, I'm Fred Tice. Been to any parties lately? Well, okay, not in-person parties, hopefully, but maybe you participated in an annual ritual that's still around, even in pandemic times, the work holiday party. It was uncomfortable even in the good old days. You'd have to make small talk with a boss, figure out how to balance an embarrassingly huge pile of food on your plate, and then there's the whole thing with alcohol. But this year, for many people, all that awkwardness got squeezed onto a screen. I don't know what yours was like, but the discount jet set company Travel Zoo got a special celebrity greeting from, well, see if you can tell who this is. Goes out to the global Travel Zoo team who had such a tough year, but still worked amazingly hard to make amazing deals for its members. Good luck to the Travel Zoo team. Hoff off. Yes, hoff off. Because if you guessed David Hasselhoff sitting poolside with his shirt deeply unbuttoned, you're right. This kind of thing is our reward for a tough year. The question now, is this a permanent change? Can we go back to the old kind of awkward holiday party? And a scarier question, do we want to, or is there anything, like maybe the open bar, that we should leave behind entirely? Today on Greater LA, reporter Brandon R. Reynolds looks at the new rules of engagement for the virtual holiday party. Let's start with a holiday Zoom party for a bunch of people who run toward trouble. The Volunteer Community Emergency Response Team is managed by Los Angeles Fire Department. It trains average citizens to take action in the event of catastrophe. So imagine the kind of doomsday dreamers who show up for LAFD Central Bureau's party. It's a lot of retirees from Boyle Heights, Highland Park, and Eagle Rock who enjoy the social aspect. And then there's a few with a hero complex who want to swoop in and save the day. Carolyn Burleson organized the party for Zoom. She used to be the bureau coordinator for this whole thing, but now she stays involved by, for example, writing a version of The Night Before Christmas that poses disaster scenarios that team members have to assess and respond to. Best your teams were set out to size up the scene, report back your findings, and see what we mean. Then come casualties one by one. Yeah, Grandma gets run over by a reindeer and has a compound fracture. Mr. Jones severs his finger wrapping presents. There are nosebleeds and asthma. And in this mass casualty scenario, I'm sad to report that the Grinch dies of a heart attack. So, full disclosure, I signed up for the community emergency response team earlier this year, and I attended the party as a guest. It was ridiculous and fun, but honestly, yeah, I would have loved to have seen everyone hash out this disaster in person. Anyway, look, this party actually follows a pretty standard model for virtual holiday party planners. You design it like you would a hamster habitat. It needs structure and purpose and a little fiddly thing to run on. Think about it like this. Humans are mammals, and they require stimulating environments. If they get bored, sometimes they'll chew a leg off or masturbate on camera during a New Yorker meeting. In other words, big chunks of unstructured time on Zoom are no fun. I think everyone feels more comfortable on Zoom 
when they know what to expect, that there are going to be things to do, things to participate in, and then you're going to have, you know, sort of the sharing of stories and having a cocktail together. This is Daryl Twerdall. She runs the Los Angeles School of Etiquette and Protocol. In the non-disaster times, she teaches the fine art of table manners and business etiquette to young professionals and kids. And this year, she plans virtual parties. She thinks that baking cookies together or playing a game obscure the separation and create a beautiful illusion that we're all sharing space and time. Also, it can be easier if you're shy. This is a big relief because they don't have to worry about what they're going to say for an hour and a half. Patrick Botts Forbes is one of those shy ones. I'm not a social person. I don't. I don't look forward to going to parties. He's the Central Bureau Coordinator for the Community Emergency Response Team, which covers about a third of L.A., basically everything north of the I-10 and east of the I-5. He's not reflexively social, but he cares about disaster prep, and so at the holiday party he's right in there talking about first aid and triage and using two-way radios. In this case, I know most of these people, and the topics are generally going to be about stuff that I am I have a, a good grasp on the concepts of and and can talk about with some authority. Let me tell you, Patrick Botts Forbes was practically a swaggering gadfly during the emergency response team's cocktail hour, uh, which was basically a deep dive on the various types of COVID-19 tests and how far up your nose they go. And that's just another way of saying that this was unlike any holiday party I've been to before. The COVID relief bill passed by Congress will provide urgent help to many around the country. But the size of the aid is smaller than many economists say is needed. And millions still struggle to find full-time work. For many older Americans who've lost their jobs, prospects are especially dim. Their savings ever more eaten away. Economics correspondent Paul Salmon looks at what they are facing. It's part of our series on older workers, unfinished business. Well, at 75, it's difficult to persuade people to take you on. You know, I lost my home and it's, you know, my job. I haven't worked since May and it's been hard. <laughs> I have um, about $250 in my checking account. And I have $100 in savings. Is that your entire cushion? Yes, it is. Of course, this year has been crushing for almost all of us because of COVID. But especially for older Americans without savings or a well-paying work-from-home job. I did start taking antidepressants. My COPD has gotten worse. You know, there's a limited amount of stuff I can do before I have to take a break. I'm I'm not able to buy uh, gifts to my grandbabies. That's the biggest thing that really hurts, that I'm not able to purchase what I would like to purchase for them for Christmas. Older workers are really up against it for a host of reasons. First, of course, age and the bias against it, says 59-year-old Donna Rushing. I call it the invisible stage of life, where you stand at the meat counter and everyone has helped around you except you. It's just this invisible thing that happens at a certain point in age. And indeed, says labor economist Teresa Gilarducci. Older workers have a much harder time finding another job. They're on unemployment longer. Latest numbers, almost a million people, 55 plus, out of work for half a year or more. 
And if and when they do find a job, good luck getting anything that pays nearly as well as before, said Gary Bertless pre-pandemic. The older worker finds it more difficult to locate an employer willing to offer them that kind of a job or even a job that potentially in five years' time will get them back to their previous peak. Office worker and nanny Celia Stevens has been jobless since March, has no prospects. You just get so beat up interview after interview when they're not hiring you. Ah, she's an older lady, you know, we need somebody younger. I was always being interviewed by you know, 20, 30-year-olds. And it's really emotional for me to go through that again. That was hard. 62-year-old Victoria Taylor, a baker, has been striking out on her job search since her layoff in May. I haven't found anything yet. I hate this, you know, not being able to to work because I'm, I'm a worker, I'm a hard worker, dedicated worker. And I just hate the fact that I'm not able to work now. 66-year-old Ohio driver Dave Heinfeld cared for a sick wife, told his boss he wouldn't deliver to food processing plants. He was canned. I just didn't want to play Russian roulette with my health. If I was 30 instead of 66, it, it would all be different. Heinfeld has stopped looking for work, as have roughly one million older workers who've dropped out of the labor force in the past year. You know, he's got license plate arms. Here's his heart. These are from a New Mexico brewery. Celia Stevens has been crafting to keep afloat. You know, it's just my way of, you know, let's keep grandma off the streets. I just recently sold some of my crafts. I I only made $50. But hey, so that's like one utility. At 62, Stevens just received her first monthly Social Security payment, $987. A lifesaver, she says. But if she lives into her 70s and beyond, it's going to cost her, says researcher Nari Ri. If you claim Social Security um, before full retirement age, which at this point is 67, so if you do it at 62 when you're first eligible, that can basically slash your monthly check compared to if you had waited until age 67. But that's a luxury Stevens can't afford, much less wait until 70 for the maximum benefit. I'm I'm just squeezing by. Donna Rushing, too young for Social Security, was building a 401k with help from her employer. It was my only hope of having some kind of a retirement because they matched a large percentage of my salary. And so uh, matching that in another position is going to be really hard. And she didn't just lose her job in Summit County, Colorado. I lost my housing that was attached to this job as well. And I moved about an hour away in with my boyfriend. If I hadn't had this place to go to, where would I be? Researcher Nari Ree's own mother needed a retail job to supplement Social Security. But her store closed, and due to COVID, her mom says it's too risky to work. First, there's a question of when does the money run out? And then there's a question of when does my body give out? But Ree also has to worry about her daughter. I have a young child and I have a mother who's in her 70s. How do I save for my daughter's college fund and then help support my mother when she really needs it? And we're also still in the process of trying to save enough for our own retirement. Donna Rushing has no family to help. It really is just me out there. So that's part of the sinking feeling. I don't have relatives. I don't have children. You know, I'm out there. And that makes her future even scarier. I could actually really be living out of my car. Um, You know, what's going to happen in 10 years? That's going to go so quick. I'll be almost 70. Where can I go 
to afford to live. For the PBS NewsHour, this is Paul Salman, more and more grateful for the job I'm lucky enough to have. Now that a coronavirus vaccine has arrived, we can imagine the day we are back in a warren of office cubicles or assembly lines, elbow to elbow with coworkers. And if your beloved colleague a couple feet away starts violently coughing, how confident can you be that they got vaccinated? To put it another way, can employers make vaccination mandatory? Well, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has issued guidance on that, and here to discuss it with us is Johnny Taylor Jr. He's president and CEO of the Society for Human Resource Management. Thanks for joining us. So great to be here. Thank you. To start with a rough outline of the EEOC guidance, it says employers can make sick workers stay home, can require a doctor's note before coming back, can mandate testing. And it says employers can require workers to get vaccinated with some limits. Tell us about what those limits are. So they're primarily around the workplace laws. So one of them is this piece of legislation called Title VII, which many of us know the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, enforces and educates people about Title VII. And it's your workplace rights, generally speaking. There's another piece of legislation called the Americans with Disabilities Act, however, that also allows for certain accommodations to be made for people who have disabilities. And so a vaccine could carry with it some risk of people people who have disabilities to become sicker as a result. And therefore, the question is whether or not a reasonable accommodation is available. The accommodation being not requiring that they take the vaccine um, is one such option. So primarily, there are two things that issue. Under the EEOC and Title VII, there are religious exemptions for people who have a religious objection, legitimately held, sincerely held religious belief that would prevent them from taking a vaccine, and people who have disabilities are primarily the two laws that are exceptions to an employer's ability to mandate a vaccination. And does the kind of work make a difference at all? Like, would requirements differ if somebody is, say, a healthcare worker versus a grocery store employee versus an office worker? Well, right. That's And that's really a critical point, right, is employers have to provide a reasonable accommodation under the ADA. Now, if you're a healthcare worker, it is likely not deemed reasonable for an employer to be in a hospital, let's say, to allow you to work when you could put other very already sick people at risk. So the law says, even though you we should make an accommodation for you, it's deemed unreasonable and would create an undue hardship potentially on the employer. So this is going to be an interesting area under the law as we figure out what is deemed a reasonable accommodation. One phrase in the EEOC guidance that seems particularly fraught is the exemption for, quote, sincerely held religious belief. I mean, just to take one example, the QAnon conspiracy may not be an established religion, but it has certain similarities to religion. And many evangelical pastors have told us that they see these beliefs, which include anti-vaccine positions, spreading in their congregations. So who will ultimately decide what is a sincerely held religious belief versus a conspiracy theory or a personal preference? Well, yeah, so there's a saying that I learned in college, one, one man's uh, religion is another person's mythology, right? And that's real. So that creates the challenge for uh, human resources professionals in particular in work environments to determine whether or not the person sincerely holds this religious belief. Now, 
it's tough because one day uh, one can not have that religious belief and the next day they can be uh, find whatever their God is or their spiritual supreme being is. And who's to say that someone doesn't feel differently about their life from Tuesday to Wednesday? And to your point, whether or not something is a created religion, well, who's it for me or you or particular for an employer to decide whether or not your your religious belief is sincere or that it's a legitimate, and I'm using that terms in quote, religion. That is where this will become very, very complicated. There are also Americans who say they don't plan to receive the vaccine because of this country's racist history in government-led medical programs. Now, that's not an EEOC exemption, but if an employer runs up against that sort of attitude, what do you expect them to do? Make accommodations for a worker or fire them or engage that person on the merits of getting vaccinated? Right. So I think the, the, the issue there is pretty clear. And it goes back to, I think, the default is employers are going to say, OSHA says, I have to protect this workplace. I understand the country's history, uh, racist history, sexist history. I mean, there, you can go down the list, but at the end of the day, um, I can't bring you into the workplace if you pose a legitimate hazard to other employees. So you can't so focus on the individual that you put uh, the larger group at risk. So what are you hearing from employers? So it's fascinating. It's all the rage right right now. Um, and it runs the gamut. I'm going to add two observations. One is uh, for employers who, who have employees who are primarily working at home, I think they can dodge the bullet a little bit, right? The more complicated and what we're hearing is what about people who come into the office two days a week? Well, you know, it's not like COVID, if you only come in the office Tuesdays and Thursdays, that COVID limits its exposure. You know, it doesn't. It might arguably reduce it, but you could become sick or transmit COVID on the one day a month that you come to the office. So I think what we're hearing, especially now with the EEOC's recent guidance, is that more and more employers are seriously considering a mandate. And this is unheard of, with the exception of certain sectors like healthcare. But this idea that there's going to be a wholesale mandatory vaccination requirement, it's taking on a little bit of a life of its own. And I think we, while I'm not sure that I'm prepared to say that it'll be 70 or 80% of employers, it's going to be significantly higher and in a much broader uh, set of companies than we've seen and industries than we've seen in the past. I do have one big prediction, and that is based upon what we're hearing from small and medium-sized companies. They are the bread and butter of America. That's what keeps our economy going. And what we're hearing from smaller company entrepreneurs is, sure, the big companies can take one or two people getting sick or 10 or 12 people getting sick. But if I'm a 25-person employer and three of my employees get sick and, God forbid, get the rest of them sick, I'm out of business. Or if I'm a small restaurant and one of my employees transmits this to a customer and the word gets out. I'm destroyed. And we know that I can no longer buy insurance uh, to prevent uh, the insurance companies have essentially said, no, this is not, you know, business disruption. And so small and medium-sized companies, I fully predict, are going to over-index in requiring a mandate. I just did an interview the other day with a small company owner, and she said it point blank, the second it's available, any employee who does not take it will not work here full stop. Would you also be confident predicting that in 2021, we're going to see a lot of litigation around this question, perhaps including at the Supreme Court? Well, I think it's going to go. Yeah, I think so. But you're going to find, I mean, the Supreme Court and all of the courts, yes, they are purists, but they also have to know that at the end of the day, their decisions, their precedent will have significant impact on how employers and the broader 
community responds. I think we're going to see a court that's far more sympathetic, given that we have 300,000 plus lives lost already. And although vaccines are on the way, you know, widespread availability is not likely to be uh, a reality until second quarter of the year. Uh, The courts are going to give employers, I fundamentally predict, a lot of room here. Johnny Taylor Jr. is president of the Society for Human Resource Management. Thanks for talking with us about this. Be well. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, December 25th, Friday, 2020. So I have been told, I hope folks have got through the holidays successfully. Wrong S word safely navigating the so-called horror day. Uh, Well, if anything, if you got a day where you didn't have to be on the plantation directly, bravo. That is always, you know, something to celebrate and be. Uh, happy about if that means you get opportunity to replenish, rest, cook, be with, you know, attempted family members, spend some extra time with your offspring, or even if you're by yourself, get some cleaning done in your residence, chastise your housemates about smoking tobacco products in the house, like lots of free time to do various things. What I did with a little of my time before the broadcast I did a little yoga, had a taste of summer, frozen watermelon smoothie. I bragged about those so much in the summer and uh, I was able to get mangoes again. I was a little surprised, but the mango frozen watermelon smoothie was one of my staples of the summertime. I hadn't had one since summer Um, and yoga frozen watermelon mango smoothie Hmm, good old days summer of 2020 outside with a mask on anyway this is neutralizing workplace racism Mm, mm, mm. best smoothie ever neutralizing workplace racism hopefully folks got time off so maybe there won't be as much terrorism if we got anybody who had to participate in a zoom holiday party please share I can only imagine it sounds like a wretched experience Um, before I give out the number and all that read some of the emails just to quickly kind of go over some of the or reports I guess that we heard at the beginning Uh, they started off they had the segment on female firefighters Now, that was all audio, no pictures, no video. So I'm not sure what the demographics, if they were all white women. I didn't hear any references specifically to color. Uh, But it sounded like it could have been a lot of people who might be classified as white. But as I've said consistently of late, those voices are not reliable. And just saying, oh, sounds like it could be white people. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, um, 
I thought that number one, no mention of white supremacy. That was one kind of clue because I feel like if they had some non-white females, some black females, I feel like somebody probably would have mentioned racism as a component of what they deal with. But I didn't hear that at all. They just said uh, being in physical shape and all the rest of it. No mention of white supremacy, racism at all. I also didn't hear any references to urinating on clothing and or in beverages. Remember they had that uh, on, what was it? Uh, consider this. Was it consider this? I think it was consider this some about mm, a year ago, they had a segment and they were talking about, <clears throat> uh, I don't even know what you call that. I was going to say discrimination, but urinating on fellow coworkers clothing and in their beverages. What is that? Workplace, harassment it was this american life that's it i got confused with the uh segments but yeah they had a whole big report on this american life uh about mm, a year ago and uh yeah dealt with all that but i didn't hear anything about the urine uh just what they deal with being physically fit and uh i guess toxic masculinity you know they don't want females in the fire department unless they're going to be secretaries and all of that we've had so many stories about the fire department and racism white supremacy uh the toxicity of that environment encompasses substantially more than just white men i think even a retired firefighter had a number of reports he shared with us about white women also stepping in and being accusatory and toxic and terroristic all the rest of it so yeah uh next we heard the report about the Zoom parties. What I found interesting, as I sip on my virgin watermelon mango smoothie, there was so much mention of alcohol. They've had so many reports this year talking about uh, increase in drug consumption and people who already had substance abuse issues having a tough time this year because, you know, people have been stuck at home so much and and or a lot of the facilities that would offer resources, assistance in, you know, trying to mitigate those problems have been closed or have had limited services and, you know, all the rest of it. Uh, and so all of this so-called holiday, just an excuse to drink, you know, and and even within that right now, they're talking about, you know, this is going to be the Zoom holiday office party and all the rest of it even within that talking about how under normal circumstances we would be getting together and open bar and acting a fool and ooh, I don't know it can get hope somebody doesn't do some touching and groping and uh, drink too much and all the rest of it and even on the zoom you heard them they said you got to have it planned or people will get out of control don't know what you might have somebody's penis being whipped out in the middle of the New York I said oh no is that Jeff Tubin are they talking about old Jeff Tubin? Oh no, everybody is getting their old jokes in at Jeff Tubin. <sighs> the book club. But real talk, that's why I said, does anybody did anybody have to do one of those? The Zoom office uh party? Or what have you this week or this month, I guess, anywhere in. Because man, like <sighs> If it's just going to be that same type of tackiness and goofy jokes and people are drinking, now they can just be at home and drink as much as they want. They don't have to worry about, you know, I got to go drive and might run someone's child over or what have you. I can drink it up. So I had said before, you got 30 minutes. If this is a mandatory thing where I got to show up and do some emojis in the chat room and you all can see me and all that, 
You got 30 minutes and it, oh, the kids are about to burn the house down. Got to go. All right. I'll talk to you later. See you next year. Have fun. Good seeing everyone. Peace out. And whammo, close the whole computer down, shut it off, close it up. No chance of a slip. And whoa, Jeff Tubin is that his penis? Anyway, let us know if you had to do the Zoom uh, office party, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they had the segment talking about older workers. That was another one. No mention of white supremacy racism I am sure they have white sacrifice meaning they have some older uh, white workers who maybe they did lose a job maybe they have had a tough time getting rehired or what have you I am certain that's true you had white people out here on the west coast with the fires and everything they probably had all that and might have even you know had a house burned down and all the rest of it so I'm certain that's true in a system of white supremacy, they got all kinds of little tacky cliches. Last hired, first fired. White people catch a cold, black people get the Rona. They got all these little tacky phrases where you know if you're an older black worker, like, woof, you better hope for the Rona. Because, I mean, wow, no mention of that with, at all uh, within... Uh, the segment, even though there's been quite a few reports talking about, wow, the Rona has been disproportionate. The economic impact is in dis- uh, disproportionate. Santa not visiting has been pro- uh, disproportionate. All of that, but conveniently left out of that segment. And then the last report, that was the one that I was especially interested in because that's what I've been looking for. If folks, if you uh, have been hearing those sort of conversations on your job or if the policy and procedure has been updated, if human resources has sent out any information uh, about the COVID-19 policy and or vaccine policy, get a magnifying glass. And I mean, it would be real slow read and maybe reread and then reread again to make sure that I overstand everything about what this policy is. And then I'm looking for the updates, all of that questions, everything, all questions for that might have to be in writing via email so that I can get a written response about any questions that I have about the policy. But you heard there, the speculation is that there's going to be robust vaccine requirement for workplaces i had already just begun to hear or and or read uh reports suggesting uh for educators that it might be the same type of thing that you might have some schools that would look to reopen like in-person learning once they get all of the educators vaccinated so and i didn't i, I mean this is so recent i didn't get to hear what did the teachers think about this? What does staff think about this? Are they yay, nay? Give me more information. What is the timeline like for this? Are we talking January, February? What are we talking in terms of that being implemented? So very interested. They were saying that they think if this goes to the Supreme Court, that they would probably be sympathetic to, you know, we got to have businesses open. Commerce is important. So, yeah, have to just tough it and get the vaccine. Got to protect the greater good. So you could see those type of uh, policies uh, in place that, you know, either you're going to get vaccinated or you're going to be fired. Like, wow, that is uh, that's what I was saying before. Like when people were saying, you know, are you going to get this vaccine like system of white supremacy? It might be you don't have a choice like they were already talking about something similar uh, for people flying, which certainly could be work related to if you have to do any travel for your job might be the same type of thing. So, 
wow, lots to consider um, in terms of your job specifically and then, you know, prospects for the future. Like, man, uh, so definitely folks can please share uh, if, you know, you have heard things about your job specifically or just trying to ponder that for the future in you know, wow, would you would you have any concerns or would you be no problem? Let's go ahead and do it. Let's get the vaccine. I don't think it's a problem at this point. Like that is certainly something worthy of lots of consideration and sharing. And even I think they brought out within that report, you know, what if a black person says, hey, you know, we got the Tuskegee syphilis experience, they call it, you know, Henrietta Lacks and all that. I don't I don't trust getting the vaccine. Tough, tough, tough nookies, tough nookies. Not going to have you whining about racism. Vaccine or the high road, buddy. Make a decision. Like, wow. Which, if that's the case, then we didn't need to do all this talking about Tuskegee. We could have just said it's white power and it's going to be what we say. And that's that. You can read about Henrietta Lacks while you're on the unemployment line unvaccinated. Probably already got the run anyway. Hmm. Now I can give the number 720-716-7300. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Mm-mm-mm. Number again seven two zero seven one six. Seven three hundred decode five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, oh, email until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail dot com. Uh, forgot some folks are not able or. Willing to dial in, don't want to have their voice recognized. If you want to be anonymous and share your thoughts, vaccine related or whatever else, until justice at gmail.com. Mm, 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 mm. Ginger is the best thing ever. All right. Uh, one of our listeners wrote in mm-hmm. black female victim of racism. Uh, Hi, Gus. Just wanted to follow up on last week's news item about the ex-Google employee whose research was blocked by the company to neutralize her efforts to stop racism, white supremacy in AI and within the organization. Her colleagues are campaigning for her to be reinstated and she, too, may be wanting this, which I can't understand, given the unjustness of her firing. However, it may not be the best outcome for her in the long run. You quite rightly stated that Google could rehire her, but not publish her research. This is likely to be just as frustrating for her. I also doubt she would have a productive or fruitful for her long-term future at the company. Rehiring her would be a public relations or legal exercise should she pursue a case for wrongful dismissal. Nothing else. Things may seem great for a short while, but management will continue to undermine her and practice racism in an overt 
and subtle ways because ultimately she is not wanted at the company. Her presence will represent someone who successfully challenged them, which clearly they will not want to tolerate for very long. The goal will be to get her to eventually leave on her own account. Going back and dealing with this level of mistreatment risks her mental health and well-being. What may seem like justice being reinstated may in the long run be detrimental. The harm to the individual by this mistreatment cannot be understated. She and other non-white people in similar positions may be better off finding employment elsewhere. That is easier said than done sometimes and she needs an income. Going back to the older employees should only ever be a short-term plan if it is a necessity. Starting fresh elsewhere should be the goal. So job hunt, start your own company, etc. from day one regardless of any surface level niceness that may be presented by management. Timnit Gebru is highly intelligent, highly marketable, and does not need Google. Hopefully this advice is useful for others for excuse me, for other non white people in similar positions also. Well said. Uh, and just for including your mental health and well being, uh, if you you recognize you're in a situation where it's not just that you're not wanted, you know, tossing you out and get out of here. Got the audacity to challenge us. Uh, but also the suppression of her research on racism. It's both levels. Like when you recognize you're in a place where they're not fostering, they're not supportive of your growth, uh, your development uh, in your specific field. And even just within that company, like on neither level are they showing much value for you being aware of that like what is my like okay so I'm back here so I'm hanging out here for five years to do what exactly like is it going to be five years of grappling you know over getting my views heard and published uh, is it going to be five years of just me being here so they can say oh yeah we didn't even fire that nigger she's right there in the back office has she published anything yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get upstairs we got the Christmas party and all that let's go upstairs like, is that what it's going to be for five years? Or am I going to be maximizing my potential as an employee? Which is certainly going to be hard to do in a system of white supremacy. Why we should have some urgency about all this, but cannot be diminished. Well, your mental well-being, mental health, like all of that should be greatly considered uh, when we're thinking about a work environment. And if you know it's a toxic work environment, should I be going back or should I be looking for something better? Something that might actually allow me to be a little bit more healthy as I go about my daily duties. Just something to think, especially if you are spectacularly brilliant, like Miss Timnit Gabru. I mean, yeah, like lots and lots of options. Like, yeah, black self-respect, just go out and, you know, do great things. Uh, number again, 720 Seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one 
If you would like to participate, the email is untiljustice at gmail.com. We'll read thoughts uh, again. Certainly, if any before the holiday and all that nonsense, uh, was there any discussion about the vaccine? Uh, you're going to be required to take it. Uh, you know, is it, is it going to be limited? Like you can't, you got to work from home. If you're not going to be take it, any discussion have folks heard about all of that. Uh, that is grand. If you have any other thoughts, suggestions, feel free. Uh, we will get to the phone lines. Uh, let's check in first few folks who dialed in with a hand up proceed. Hello. Irie in Louisiana. Yes, ma'am. Hello. Um, uh, greetings, everybody, and uh hope you're having a good day, um, whether you celebrate this so-called holiday or not. Uh, so it's a couple things I wanted to share real quick. Um, as far as the, uh, the interviewer or the interviewee saying that um, people might go to the Supreme Court to sue, you know, employers and everything, there's a racist suspect by the name of Jordan Maxwell that I used to um, listen to his lectures um, year, many years ago, but he said something that I, that is true. I just don't know to what extent it applies, but he said that the word bench, as far as judicial benches, really stands for bank, and that the word bench means bank, and the word bank means bench, and it's middle old middle French for bench each one either or um so basically he was um surmising that the judges rule for the banks and i find that to be true um judges are going to rule for whatever makes the most economic sense even when it comes to issues of morality health etc so i'm inclined to believe that yes there will be rulings against employees um, if they don't take the vaccine, um, and there's going to be some type of it, um, it's going to probably be required. Um, I was invited to go back and substitute teach next year, and they're probably going to be like, well, did you take your vaccines? I already counted myself out for being um, eligible to substitute. And um, like I said, I have to, I'm, I'm doing other stuff anyway, thank God, um, you know, to try to generate some income. But uh, we'll wait and see, but yeah, I do believe that that's, that's going to be the case. They're not going to rule in, um, everyday people's favor. Um, what was the other thing? Older people, um, a friend of mine used to say that the most, um, undercared for in society, he was a victim of racism. He said that the most undercared, um, people in society are children and old people. Well, I would say, you know, black people in general, and then maybe old people, kids, and it's sad that they're not going to be, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be able to find employment again because of the age, because they're looking at it for longevity purposes. You know, everything, unfortunately, is based off of um, chattel slavery. So if I, I can have one slave for 30 years, I can have another for 60. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's their mindset. So, yeah, a lot of people aren't going to find unemployment. However, according to the article we just listened to, the white male found another job or one of them. So I guess you have to have, be a white man in order to try to maybe, you know, squeeze out of that, that number. Um, and then this will be the end of it. Something very, very um, 
interesting and highly suspect happened. Um, I, uh, I quit last week and I told y'all that I quit. What I did was I sent an email to the recruiter saying I'm taking the leave of absence, um, to take care of some, um, some health issues. That was, that was my way out. And, you know, she didn't second guess. She was like, Oh, I hope you feel better. So I let her know that, um, my last day was the 17th. Um, I only worked two days last week. That was the 17th. And then the day, the day before that was the 14th. So 14th off those two days, the 17th. Only worked two days. Well, I, um, there's an app that, um, they require all of us that work or worked at this plant to go into um, and select the days that we worked, the area we worked in, and verify it. So I guess they double-check. Uh, you would assume they double-check with the um, clock-in, clock-out system that is known as Kronos. I don't know how many other people um, have experienced that, but I had to slide a ID card in a scanner um, with uh, on Kronos to clock in and out these two days that I worked. So I called the 800 number for the agency to say, hey, I forgot to um, do the secondary part to get paid. Well, what did I discover? I discovered that um, not only was I paid, even though I didn't follow the procedure, I was paid for the whole week plus overtime. And I was like, um, how did you do that? And they were like, oh, well, um, you, you worked your 40 hours, so they just went and paid you for it. I said, well, how did you know that? Did you check my hours in the chrono system? And he was like, well, I don't know, because unfortunately, the, the guy helping me was in Thailand somewhere or the Philippines. I said, OK, well, here's the situation. I did not earn 40 hours of uh, compensation. He said, oh, it's OK. Just keep it. And when you do come back to work, which I'm not planning on going back to work, he said, when you do come back, we'll just take it out of your, your next check. Well, that's not good for me because, like my mom said, don't know anybody but to love them. And, you know, that's a biblical little statement, but I'm not trying to owe nobody. And so I said, listen, I don't want to owe y'all. Um, cancel this check and send me a check for the right thing. And I just found that very fascinating because, one, you know, there was a whole, you know, racial showcase and they tried right before I found out somebody lied on me and said that I had switched to the night shift and then I get paid for hours I didn't work. So I'm like, either y'all are running this operation the most haphazardly I've ever seen where you have people that are uh, speculated to be infected with coronavirus uh, gathering and forming around each other to infect each other while we make these so-called COVID tests. But then you know, again, somebody lies on me and now you overpay me and just tell me to keep it. So now if I did or if anybody wanted to go back to work and they were overpaid, now they're in a in a way indentured for a certain amount. I, I said, no, 
cancel this check. I don't want it. But then the, the recruiter um, called me back and said, well, I'm going to have to handle this after the holiday because uh, the people you talk to can't do anything about it. They're overseas and I have to get to the bottom of it after the holiday. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I was probably being set up to say I stole time. Um, and they didn't even realize, and I didn't make an announcement I wasn't going to except to the recruiter because that's the only person that mattered that I was leaving. Um, and it was kind of reminding me of the article, the other article that the gentleman was, oh, no, 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 sorry, it was Mr. Fuller. When he told the gentleman just now, when you start getting these rewards and everything, look out because it's either we're going to catch you slipping and parade you around as uh, the example of the bad employee, the the bad black employee, or we're going to use you to confuse other people. And that's definitely not the case with me. They weren't going to use me and showcase me to confuse other people. And they're just coming up with uh, new tactics or was trying new tactics to, to sabotage um, my time there because I thought I was going to be there for the duration. Wow. Just wow. Um, I'll mute my line. And I guess, when in a couple of weeks when they fix it, if they do fix it, I'll let you all know what happened and, you know, have a great night, uh, peace, blessings and, um, stay well. <laughs> Context of white supremacy. Hmm. Best smoothie I've ever had in my life. I was licking the blender while we were listening, man, freeze the watermelon. Uh, so we did our congratulations uh, last week for you getting out of that work situation where they, the company policy is you all have the Rona. We did our congratulations. I feel like that is so um, that's like all star codification. Uh, what do I mean when I say that? Like she, Irie in Louisiana, she had been telling us like all these different problems that she had been having the past I don't know, month or so uh, before leading up to her trying to get her exit strategy together. And she, I just said, she, we assume you got the Rona. What are you doing in here? Where your slave papers? We don't just allow, you know, niggers to run up in, you know, the, the nurse area, act like you want to come in here and get service or anything. What are you doing? All this other uh, nonsense that she had been going through on the way out. So then we get to this point where she is actually ready to leave. Bang. You get all this extra extra compensation. I would be very leery of that. We've talked, I think, a lot uh, over the years, workplace racism about wage theft. And we've had so many people who have had uh, pay discrepancies. And it's generally, I think every time it's been, man, I'm missing like $500 or $1,000. It's missing from my check. Like, what is going on here? It's been that sort of thing where you have or I'm delayed. Where is my essential workers bonus? We've been battling the Rona. Where's my bonus? Where's my bone? That type of thing. And you wait and ask and ask and ask. And then, oh, okay, they finally do it after you ask a billion times. This is the other way where you get, boom, all this extra money. Now, you can take it. They know a lot of folks, rough year and all that. Like, oh, wow, I got, you know, bonus or whatever it is. Great. You can take it and spend it or save it or whatever it is. And then they come back like, hey, we made an error. Or they might even come with an accusation. As she said, you cheated the chrono system. 
We got video. You came in and you had a hatchet. You hacked the chrono system and you put in that you worked 60 hours and we know that you didn't. We saw and that's fraud and we want all that money. Like we've seen that sort of thing. So I think that is spectacular code to stop right there. Whoa. Let's get to the bottom of this right now. Like I don't want any accusations. I don't want any. Oh, you owe us some money. You try to da 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 da. Let's get this. I want exactly what I'm supposed to have. So there's no problem. There's no trying to contact me and send police to my house that I tried to steal a stapler and fifty cent. Da 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 da. Let's get this figured out correctly right now. Like all star codification, in my opinion. Uh, and then all this buckets of uh, the people who can get to the bottom of this. They're overseas in Thailand skiing. They'll be back next year and ran, 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 all that <sighs> tackiness all the way through beginning to end. Like so glad I'm out of here. They're even tacky on uh, the exit strategy. Um, I guess we the vaccine component because uh, she was talking about trying to, to figure out in terms of is she going to teach? Uh, for next year, Irie and saying, you know, I don't think I want to have to do the whole vaccine thing just to come in and, and teach who knows what their policy is going to be for uh, the uh, new year uh, down in New Orleans. But that's what I'm saying. Like, we'll have to kind of process and think about all that. Like, wow, is that what it's going to be? Is that, you know, something that I want to subject myself to? Will I have a choice in the matter? Like lots to process for 2021. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in, much obliged, Irie. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up. Did you have commentary to share? Greetings. Greetings, retired firefighter in Florida. Greetings, Gus. Greetings to uh, everyone. Uh, just wanted to make some comments on that uh, report that I heard about the uh, the fire department. Uh, starting off, uh, I believe the this, this centered uh, portion of the article was the city of Boston, Massachusetts Fire Department. And if so, uh, that is a very old fire department. And they have uh, it's a fire department that has uh, a lot of, quote unquote, Traditions, which is basically it's a code word for for uh, white males, white males, uh, as far as uh, that particular portion of racism, white supremacy. Uh, but uh, they primarily were talking about white females. I would I would state uh, because uh, white women are challenging the uh, hiring process, and they have been for now for about maybe 30, 30 40 years uh, with the, uh, the fire service. And uh, white males would have to relent to it because we're talking about their mothers, their aunts, their sisters, the, the females that they have sex with for the most part, and uh, I would say uh, in that particular type of relationship, uh, they would have to relent uh, and, and hire those people. Uh, the first thing about the fire department is, is uh, as far as the uh, the uh, uh, ability, quote unquote, 
uh, I would say it's mental before even physical uh, because uh, the most fundamental thing is fire. <laughs> and most people uh, instinctively don't want to have anything to do with fire. Uh, trust me on that. Uh, uh, there are only a few fools who, uh, like the person that you're listening to, who uh, who uh, adopt has adopted to uh, that not being uh, a fear factor that I can't uh, control and would head towards a fire. It's a mental thing. Also, the whole idea of claustrophobia. Uh, and that doesn't even have to have a, a real danger. Uh, it's just a strong thought of danger where, where you are in a confined space where you cannot see anything. It's, it's, an, it's like an art, artificial induced uh, fear that a lot of people have. Uh, once again, with the person that you're listening to, uh, it, does, it, it did and does affect me, but I was able to overcome it and still get the job done. Uh, there not a lot of people are willing to do that. There are means that are used by personnel to bring that out in a person. And uh, it is an uh, used to fail someone uh, to be able to do that. Uh, females can do the job. Females could do the job. Uh, 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 I would say just about anybody who 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 uh, can train, who who have a talent of training people, uh, a female can qualify for the job. Uh, you know, uh, even from the turn of physicality is concerned on what is needed. Uh, that's just a matter of whatever level of strength you have, you may not be as strong as, as me, but if you have a level of strength, you, you, you can develop a, you can be, you can be taught or develop uh, means to know how to use all of the strength that you have. And, and uh, that's predicated on the, the training personnel. Unfortunately, for the most part, it becomes white people. And so anything is tarnished when white people put their hands on it. Uh, based on what I've stated so far, the last, the last person killed in the line of duty while I was on the fire department was actually in training. And it was a white male. Uh, I would say at best it was uh, negligence on the part of the fire department because uh, they had the trainees operating in an environment that people out in the field would have problems with because they wanted to eliminate people. They wanted to eliminate people, and uh, they got uh, the desired effect. I'm assuming they probably wanted a non-white person, but it ended up being a white person that uh, suffered the consequences for uh, the negligence that they had in this particular situation, confined space in a uh, 
a, a burn, what they call a burn room, and uh, the person panicked, and uh, and then panic just uh, elevated through the whole group that was inside. Chaos erupted, and and somebody was killed in the process. Uh, but uh, I would say, uh, uh, as far as the quote unquote pecking order of of uh, hiring and not hiring. Uh, black males will be the last group that is uh, accepted. Uh, uh, white females will be the first. White females, to my experience, have always been the first uh, hired as far as other than white males. Uh, 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 before black males, even, it would be black females uh, from the standpoint uh, and uh, the excuse would be, uh, with that particular level, it would be uh, uh, written written tests, the tests, the different uh, written tests that, that are required to be able to uh, make it through the uh, training course. Uh, and, uh, yeah, those are the only things I could think about right now. I don't want to take up all of the time. Uh, because there's a lot more that can be talked about. The city of Boston is a traditional type of fire service uh, that if they had it left up to them, they would it would just be all white males. Uh, uh, you know, so basically uh, in the, the forces with other powerful white people, uh, I think the first element that they would uh, make room for would be white females more so than anybody. And I think that's what they were talking about in that particular article. Thank you for listening. Context of white supremacy. Uh, for your time on the fire department down in South Florida, if you recall, like what were the demographics in terms of uh, males to females? Uh Uh, I would say uh, it probably was total of females, whether it's non-white or white. I would say probably uh, somewhere between 10 and 20 percent. The other 80 percent would be males. Uh, the uh, white male who was the director near the end of my career, who ended up being uh, in the uh, cabinet of uh, 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 Bill Clinton. He ended up being, I forgot what that particular cabinet position that was created for him. Donaldson is his name. Uh, he purposely, uh, one of his uh, ambitions was to upgrade the hiring of females uh, on, the, on the job. Uh, that, like I said, that was near the, the halfway to ending part of my, my career. And uh, even in, with my class, with my class, uh, there were there were there was there was one white female. She was about forty some years old. <laughs> she was, she reminded me of some some white person's grandmother that that was on the job. Uh, she really couldn't really couldn't do anything as far as the physical aspects of of the job itself. But they kind of like just looked the other way and let her go through the process because she certainly 
to do the uh, written part. And there's so many other positions in under the job of quote unquote fire department that a person can do that wouldn't even put themselves anywhere close to a fire. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, so, and she certainly, you know, did that during her career. Uh, black females didn't, black females uh, were not recruited until near the end of my career. The first black female actually uh, was uh, gotten rid of. I actually grew up around her. She, she was two years older than me. But she came, they, they got her from another department with Dade County. Uh, and she actually went through the process and was out in the field on probation, that probationary year. And she was on a rescue call, and the door to the rescue truck slammed on her fingers and broke a couple of her fingers. That gave them my opportunity because she no longer could, could uh, go through that year they kept pressuring her to go back to the job that she was that she came from, and she finally relented, you know, to it. But about maybe about three years after that, because of, of Dade County Fire Department's long term of of uh, illegally not hiring black females, they did it. They did it uh, and uh, in and around the latter part of my my career, uh, uh, and when I say large group, it's not a really a, a large group. It was a large group to their to their reluctance. You know, if you understand what I'm saying, uh, 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 and uh, that's basically on what it is today. I would say out of females, out of that 20, 20, 10 to twenty percent of females, period, I would say probably uh, maybe five percent of them are black females non-white black females. I'll put it that way. Hopefully I answered the question. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's uh, about what I expected in terms of white women being the priority when they say we need to make it a goal to hire female firefighters. They are primarily talking about white women. That even... Uh, Reminds me. Oh yeah, of, that's a must. That's a must. Reminds me of old Mark Furman, uh, where they started hiring female police officers, and he joined the Men Against Women group. I'm mad. Got these female police officers in here, and I'm burr. that's in the book club. More to come. But yes, uh, no surprise there. And uh, yeah, the black females will be overwhelmingly. Oh, they have to go home. They have to go home to them. They have to go home to to white 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 women. They don't have to go home to non to black women. They don't have to go home to them. You know. So for the most part, you know. So that's basically how. It, and like I said, black males are at the bottom. And I don't care. And I don't care anything about. There was there was a there was a first round pick of the Miami Dolphins. Who who tried out for the job and he couldn't make it. He couldn't make it on the job. So you know, that's the whole thing about physically qualified. Physically qualified. You know, I mean, you're talking about a professional athlete, a professional athlete, and whatnot that could that 
you know, couldn't uh, couldn't get on the job, you know. So he may have he may have also uh, failed uh, the, the the written testing portions that takes place, even even from the entry level, and even if you make it to to uh, training, you you have tests, you have tests, and, and they have a very strict uh, guideline on how many of those written tests that you are allowed to fail. And you're out of there, you know. And uh, so, yeah, black nails at the bottom. Mm. Number to dial, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, commentary to share, proceed. Can I do it? Uh, greetings, Emmy. Namaste. Namaste, I'm beautiful people. Um, I said that I would call back in for the lady that was dealing with, I guess, smokers in her house. I don't know if it was stated because I didn't listen to the broadcast again, but I couldn't think of anything to make them stop smoking, but get an air purifier. I don't know if anyone said that, but definitely get an air purifier, even if they stop smoking in the house, um, to clean the air. Are you still with us, Emmy? I think she had said before about reception issues. Are you still there, Emmy? Not hearing you. Are you still there? I'm sorry. Hello, uh, hello, hello. Yeah, we can hear you now. Lost you, you uh, j- okay. right after air purifier. Sorry about that. I apologize. Um, yes, that would be my, my main recommendation to get an air purifier and clean the air out. And again, I'm sorry. I know that has to be so stressful. The other thing that I wanted to say was that I myself will be like checking in with you all because I will be starting school in 2021. So far, they haven't issued a mandate for vaccination. I pray that they don't issue a mandate for vaccination. But even besides that, I'll be in healthcare, So I have already been anticipating that that will be a conversation. And I'm a little nervous about it. Um, I feel I, do, I definitely don't want the vaccine, you know, sooner, but in a year, two years, something like that, I might be more open. But I just wanted to offer my opinion on that. I definitely don't want it now, but two years when I start rotation, maybe after I've seen how it's gone. Um, and I will be trying to use some type, not disability, but I'll be trying to use something to my disposal to not have to take it um, yeah. So thank you all for listening. Hmm. That I thought was interesting as well, because they were talking about, you know, if you have certain disabilities, I think I read they didn't mention it, but I think I did read if you have certain allergies uh, that might be 
one of the exclusions. And then they did talk about in the audio report, uh, if you have a sincere religious belief now, oof, talk about discretion now. Because <laughs> I mean, yoga, you could say that that's a religious belief, right? And part of my yogic practices that I don't do vaccines like you could say that now they might say that's not a sincere <laughs> just be like man uh, yeah that'll school see that's one because I just said I read that that wasn't in the report that we heard but I did read that they said uh, schools were looking to go back in person we just need to get educators vaccinated like Wow. And I'd said even before all that, I'd said schools, that's one environment where I'm and I'm even thinking like university college level. That's one environment. Even before the Rona, sometimes they do require vaccines and stuff because you have people coming from all over the world uh, and lots of people sometimes in dorms and stuff. You have lots and lots of people crammed in the rooms and stuff that they will sometimes require that you get a vaccine or whatever it is. So I was saying I would not be surprised uh, if they have some sort of requirements. You got to get your Rona shot if you're you know coming back to campus, that type of thing. So. Yes. Let us know if they have a policy. What are the exceptions? Um, Yeah. Even what, you know, other students, what are they, what have they to say about all of this? Yay, nay. Is it something to protest or do they they even care? Uh, Again, right on for the air purifier. I think that was recommended in a terrible thing to waste uh, getting a high quality uh, HEPA filter anyway to help, you know, get some of the toxins out of the air and different ways, things that uh, can interfere with your brain computer functioning at a high capacity. Uh, we talked about that right at the beginning of the year, uh, a terrible thing to waste. But yes, hopefully uh, that that can just be the residue. Hopefully you can have a very effective talk with the housemates. Let's protect the lease. We don't want to get in trouble add to our woes no smoking in the house please super appreciate it smokers are the worst uh let's see 720-716-7300 well racist white supremacists are the worst and then right behind that are smoking and even racists are to blame for that we talked about that before have to make sure i get that in every time i do loathe smokers but racists are to blame for that that's in the archives as well 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate Let's see Nab other folks who dialed in with a hand up. While we're getting our thoughts together, we should be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific Uh, we will check in what happened hopefully everybody got through the so-called horror days uh, safely no I I don't know I guess it's no maybe minimal 
family uh, kicking it type thing. Maybe that's not too much of that uh, happening. So if you're doing that via Zoom or what have you and just kind of doing a very small version and you and whoever is in your immediate family, Grant, hope you ate something healthy and delicious. Maybe talked about racism uh, and or the vaccines and what have you the explosion in Nashville we'll definitely talk about that tomorrow that's not really workplace racism but wow that was kind of uh, yeah Dr. Harry and Henrietta Moore uh, I am unfortunately there have been other explosions on Christmas Day in the system of white supremacy but yeah we will discuss that tomorrow compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific anywho um, yeah, the sincere, I have to think even, even about that one some more, the sincerity. Cause I mean, that could be, there are so many people who have so many goofy reasons. Like they talked about that in the audio segment, the people who are in or believe in the QAnon, like conspiracy or whatever they want to call it. Like they could say that that's a religion. And based on that, I'm not getting a shot, you know? So they uh, people could say that they're Rastafarian. I think that is for some of the Rastafarians. It's like, Oh no, I don't do vaccines like does that qualify as a sincere religious belief what if it's counter racism does that qualify <laughs> like man it i just have a head i think uh jehovah witness it might be quite a few of them where you could go in and do that and maybe say yeah i don't do i don't do uh i don't do vaccines like whew, man lots lots to uh process ponder on for the new year i know if we have parents uh where you have offspring that are going to school yikes that is certainly going to be one to examine too like i know for a lot of institution like uh college university they were going to do the the zoom and virtual learning and all that but i mean are they i mean would they be thinking hey we can get more money let's get everybody vaccinated you know staff students everybody and we could be here for the spring like I don't know. That could be an option. Um, that would be something else, I guess, to think about. I know we have some parents who have uh, offspring who are in that sort of uh, predicament, college university type thing. Yeah, that's a whole nother element. Not just, you know, am I going to take this as is my job going to require me to get this shot? But my child's education, is it going to require them to get this shot to continue to get that degree? Like, whew, man, lots to consider. Uh, let's see. My first. Uh, Thomas in New York. My yes, third? yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, good evening to all the callers. Um, when I worked at the hospital, we were forced to take flu shot vaccinations, and um, the first year kind of caught me off guard. So um, I took it, and every time I ever took the flu shot, I would get the flu. It was like a cold right afterward. So as soon as I took it, I ended up calling out the next couple days because I was sick. Um, And um, the second year I was there, when it came time to take the flu shots, I said, okay. I um, get into my um, trick bag here, and I um, get in touch with a couple people who, um, from the conscious community, so to speak, who said, okay, if you fill out this paperwork here, and you can say this is a religion and being that I'm a priest or a minister. Um, so either way, I get all the paperwork done that I need. 
and um, I declined to take the test. So I go to HR, and they said, "Oh, this is this is great. You know, this this looks good. We just have to confirm it, and that takes six weeks, six to eight weeks. And those six to eight weeks, you can't work. We will get paid while we do the investigation. So I ended up taking the flu shot. I didn't call it out the next couple of days without sick. Um, so yeah, they they have ways of um, making that very difficult. Um, so I'm so against this vaccine. Like, oh my god. Um, they um, I made a, a technology mistake one day at work. I was um, sending a text to I believe a firefighter, and it was a video about uh, white supremacy, of course, and um. While I'm sending the text, I get a call from my coworker, and I open up the line, and she's explaining whatever she's explaining. And after I close the line, I send the text. And, um, you know, a few minutes later, I get a text back from the firefighter, and I look at my, the thing I sent him wasn't there, and I realized I sent it to the white female by accident because she popped up on my screen. You know, I didn't realize... You know, uh, either way, I sent her a text immediately uh, saying that I sent it to her by accident and, uh, you know, disregard the last text. Just, you know, and um, this is like maybe a few minutes later. So she must have started watching it. Her response was, uh, I didn't think you sent this to me. I thought you sent this to me by accident, but we should all be grateful. (laughs) That was what she said. So that's such a white person answer. I didn't feel the need to go any further with it, but that happened, you know, months ago. Um, so since COVID, I believe the day the NBA stopped playing was my last day working at the office for months. Um, just sit at home, getting paid. I didn't have any complaints. I was all just waiting, like, that white people are being very generous. Like, I'm just waiting for something to happen, but... Um, then about July, we get a schedule sent to us, and um, they don't want two people from the same department at the office at the same time. So um, it's just two people that do my job, me and the white female. So we have to alternate two weeks. And she works two weeks. I work two weeks. And uh, also, it was um, you work Monday, Wednesday, and Friday only if necessary and neither one of us ever had to go in on a Friday however I would work Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday because I felt like every time it was my week to work it was always um I'm I'm leaving on Monday do you mind coming in tomorrow to do so I noticed she didn't do that to the white female so I just made my schedule all week until Friday um just to accommodate her and because I understand I'm in a system of white supremacy and I can't prove it's racism, it's COVID. So, you know, just forget about it. So I went along with it. Um, But that happened until last week. So I go to work and I go to get a text to go on an email to go to IT and um, pick up a laptop and I get a laptop and I'm told to work from home, which is difficult to do as facilities. You know, I got to kind of be there. Um, you know, but either way, um, answering the phone and everything from home, um, now I'm totally against this working from home stuff. 
Um, cause when the I work at the stock exchange, work for the people who own the stock exchange, and everything is very secure, of course. So I have to give them access to my Wi-Fi, and that also gives them the security, the, the ability to provi provide security on my Wi-Fi while I'm using it, which allows them to be able to monitor other things that's going on on my websites. You know, uh, my kids are homeschooling all day. You know, I'm at home. I might look, I just don't like the fact that my job has some type of monitorization of my Wi-Fi. And, um, and it's so secure, like even if the screen locks on my laptop, I have to use my cell phone and go to an app that creates a, a, a token. And then I have to enter that token number into the screen, to computer to unlock it again. It's like very secure. Um, but um, I just don't like the fact that they can access my personal information and um, track the personal things I'm doing as well as the work things I'm doing. I find like that's very erasive. Um, my boss and I, we I don't have a problem with the. I don't have to work in the same building as her. She works midtown. I work downtown by the World Trade Center. Um, she comes to my office when I when we were at work every once in a while, and she would take over my desk. She kept her possessions in my desk. I never touched them. Like it's not my desk, you know. And she, well, Thomas, if you need it, no, 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 it's not mine. It's yours, you know. I, I'm just working here. Um, keeps her shoes under there. I just leave them there. You know, I don't bother when she's there. I leave. <laughs> I, don't, I try to stay away from her. Um, and the few times we've had conversation, she does the talking with her neck, um, trying to sound a little urban um, with stuff she says. And every now and then, like if I respond to an email she sent me, she'll put back hip hop hooray, like you know, like oh. Okay, you know, like um, traction really by nature or something. But um, she, the I work with um, the white female, an older white Italian woman. Um, and you know, we get along quite well. We stick to work, and that's it. And there's a receptionist who's a part of my team as well, who handles the reception, and she's a Puerto Rican. However, uh, a Puerto Rican who I think would be classified as white in Puerto Rico, not here, um, but um, she and the boss has a very turbulent relationship. They they don't get along well, um, and um, I'm just waiting for, you know, I, I know the boss is just waiting for her opportunity. The girl seems to keep the boss in human resources um so that kind of, I think, is what saves her job is that everyone's aware of some of the problems she has. Um, but she came to me one day and um, she says, oh, Thomas, she just said the most. Uh, this this Puerto Rican female always trying to tell me something's not racist. So she oh, this the most racist thing ever. So what did she say to you? She said and she had on um, the Puerto Rican girl had on red lipstick. And she had on a very colorful blouse. And she says, you look so Spanish today. Oh, you don't know how inked I irked I was when she said that, and I just listened. And I said, you're going to go to Human Resources? Because I don't think you're going to be able to prove that that was racism. She's going to 
But I'm hey, you go, hey, tell me what happened, you know. But she didn't um follow up on that. But um, yeah, that that's all I have to ask for now. Thank you. Much obliged, Thomas in New York. Um, <clears throat> I'll start with the last portion of what he shared. Uh, Gusty Renegade, I was not, you know, blessed to be Michael B. Jordan, right? Idris Elba and have just amazing, gorgeous looks and, you know, expansive wardrobe. And every time you walk out of the house, ooh, and ah. So if I had all of that I probably wouldn't have this perspective or it would be my stance in a very begrudging way because I would still have to acknowledge like it is logical you know my stance has been at work that is not the time that you want to show off all of the colors in your wardrobe and I am sure if you've been eating well you've been doing your yoga just like Gus T and smoothies and everything excuse me you are in phenomenal shape. You can be like Emmy and show off your abs every day. That's not the time at work. Like if, you know, your husband, your wife, they got you all kinds of cool things for the horror days. Hopefully not. Uh, but you want to go and show off at work? No. I've said for years, really, really frumpy clothing, right? Kind of prudish. Really, what have I said? Get the same shirt. I didn't say get your bright red. Do that on your time. Work drab, gray, (laughs) black, like all the basics, basic work colors. I said you get the same five blouses, slacks, whatever it is. And these my work uniform. That's it. I've said consistently what he just shared. That's what I've experienced personally. And that's what I've seen my entire life. I think Emmy last week or so, she said, I don't ever want my hair to be a part of the workplace conversation. I don't ever want my clothes to be a part of the workplace conversation. Like at all. Nothing. They look cute. They look uh, (laughs) nothing. You're clean and that's it. We're rolling. Like I'm not trying to look great or show off for anyone here that exactly that. Or you look so Spanish. <laughs> that's the compliment that I'm going to get, right? That's what I'm going to get. <sighs> and consistent. Like I said, this is not a one-time thing. This is an every time thing. It's tacky at best. It does not get any better than tacky. I would rather not have any attention drawn to my clothing, hair at all. Prudish. Uh, the, I guess, spying component, that's what I'd call it. Uh, I think we had some other uh, listeners who I think that's another one, just being logical, who said, I'm not feeling this like at all. I think we even played a few reports where they were talking about that, where they have all these uh, spyware devices where they can check and see, you know, make sure Thomas isn't, you know, goofing off on YouTube, watching, you know, Rona conspiracy videos or some other nonsense like work. You're supposed to be working. Check him every minute. Little screenshots and everything. See, make sure get our productivity. You're not just going to be loafing. We paying you to 
mess around and do nothing uh, at home. Lots of folks said the exact same thing. I am not feeling this at all. I think we even had some listeners who said, you know what? I would rather go to the office. Thanks, but no thanks. And just continued going into work uh, because they thought that made more sense as opposed to having all of this uh, security uh, and supervision set up uh, on my home Wi-Fi. And even if you're giving me, I think that was uh, Thomas in New York said they gave him a laptop. And I think that's what happened with uh, some other people, too. They were given a machine of some sort. But I mean, <laughs> not my machine. Thomas said A plus. We got lots of A pluses today. Uh, a plus. Uh, the white woman comes out. Hey, you know, this is just a community effort and you can get it. Not my computer. We're good. Do whatever you need. That is the type of thinking we should have at all times. But I mean, dang, if I'm at home on my, oh, he said they gave my computer. Even still, I'm on my Wi-Fi and I got to feel some type of way like, ooh, I'm being spied on. Ooh. It, <laughs> Yeah, not feeling that at all. Uh, uh, that would, and that's what I said before. It would have to be super code about their machine. It would only be used for work activities, and then as soon as it's done, off, close in the if it's got a laptop baggie or a casing or whatever, whammo, put it in the casing, and then. <laughs> Put that booger like as far, put it in the coat, uh, the coat closet, like out there. Uh, if I lived someplace where I had a garage, like an indoor garage, put it in the garage, like uh, just lock the garage up. But like, yeah, far away and then break it back out when it's time to work. And exact same. It would be super codified uh, about the use of their machine. Uh, the. Cause it couldn't be any tech blunders. That was where we started. Couldn't be any tech blunders with their machine. Like, oof, <laughs> no, uh, no Jeff Tubins. No, I slipped it. Da, 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 da. This is not my machine. Uh, the tech blunders. That's something I guess we can all, uh, cause I mean, that could just be a thumb slip, right? You know, you're going to show whatever it is and, uh, whoops. Have, and I guess, especially if you, for your job, if you have to take, uh, phone calls or, text messages or whatever it might be uh, on your phone, like your personal phone. Oh yeah. Be especially careful if your phone does any kind of uh, suggestive texting and it might, you know, pull up one of your coworkers uh, numbers in a text message or something like that. Like be extremely uh, careful. That's why I would be really hesitant about having to call like my coworkers uh, on my phone, like, wow, just, uh, yeah, <laughs> super, super, super careful. I would be really, uh, careful about that. Uh, having to do a whole lot of, of calling, uh, of them. It would on a need as needed basis and try and minimize, uh, how much calling, uh, just so that is not one of the numbers that comes up and I can try to minimize, uh, the whoops, didn't mean to send them that text of Mr. Fuller or whoops, didn't mean to send them when they're like, yeah, that's, uh, whew, sounds like it could have been way worse. Glad we got through that one, but man, be very mindful uh, of using those cell phones in the workplace. Can I add to the phone? Let's let's hear it. Yeah, though, though, I was I avoided it for almost a year using my phone, and then um, I got a call from my boss, 
um, saying that it's a requirement. And the firm is going to pay $30 a month towards your phone bill every month. And that'll be on your next check. But go to IT right now and um, get the BlackBerry software installed on. And, you know, they have to do it in their security, whatever. So, yeah, I was forced into that. Um, but, yeah, the, the the computer, I put that, like you said, right away. I don't even, I don't use my work computer to do anything, you know, but. It's just the fact that they're on my Wi-Fi. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's the part that gets me stuff. But yeah, I get it. I get it. That a thousand percent logical. And we have some other cows listeners who get you with the. Uh, we are right there with you a thousand percent. And yep, let's. Uh, hopefully this will be over with soon and you know all that but yeah I, I would not be I would not enjoy that and are they going to pay anything towards the Wi-Fi bill I mean yeah anyway um, the phone that wouldn't I wouldn't and, the, and electricity and electricity uh, let's see I heard uh, the the uh, let's see uh, Irie in Louisiana was that one yeah, I I wanted to give a suggestion to Thomas, and I will make it short, but I want to preface to check with an accountant in your state, but I advise that you at least start a sole proprietorship and acquire um, an EIN from the IRS for the sole proprietorship, and then what you'd be able to do with that entity is get a separate phone line in a separate internet connection that's solely for work that if they are going to reimburse you, you can get reimbursed, but um, basically you can figure out with an accountant how to uh, transfer that money um, to like a bank account for your sole proprietorship and then pay the bill. And then that way also it'll be tax deductible as well because it'll be a business expense work for the entity but I I would um, I would advise that for anybody um, to get a separate um, um, internet connection and phone line um, for work if you got to work remotely because um, you know the old adage is don't mis- mix business with um, pleasure you know don't mix your personal um, connections um, accessibilities with your work connection because if they can five, they're probably going to. And I'll mute my line. I like that suggestion right on. And I know for some folks, I guess it, you know, depends on where you work at. Uh, for some people, even some cows listeners, their companies did that. They did pay for them to get, you know, home Wi-Fi, and they did. Uh, Thomas in New York said that at least they did give him a machine. Uh, they just didn't do the Wi-Fi. But some of our listeners, they did get Wi-Fi installed. They got the machine and all that. It would be the same thing if I'm if they are paying for the Wi-Fi in my house. I'd probably either want a separate line. I would feel some type of way about that. Now, if they're paying for it. And I mean, like, man, so does that mean that my all the time Wi-Fi is theirs? Like, oh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Like, yeah, I probably have to get a separate line. But, yeah, uh, I like that much better. Have them at least, you know, be paying for the line or, or something. And then I'd have to figure out something else so that I could have some peace of mind in terms of uh, security. Because I would not, you know, I, I would feel some type of way greatly about being in my residence. I'm in my bed 
and I can't even feel like, oh, I can go and watch a doc. I still want to watch the Central Park Five documentary, and I got to pause. Like, who are they going to be? Yeah, forget that. Uh, there was this, I think, a male caller who spoke up simultaneously. Or maybe I didn't. I thought I did. Somebody else spoke up simultaneously. Maybe I'm hearing things. Uh, the number is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, I will say... I do appreciate how quiet it has been. Uh, I don't live like in downtown Seattle where it's kind of rowdy and loud all the time for a variety of reasons. But uh, I appreciate it's just been quiet. Not a lot of hubbub. I didn't go outside today, thankfully, or yesterday, thankfully. But uh, it's just been very, very quiet. I am very thankful. I'm sure it'll be business as usual. Terrorism in full tomorrow. They'll be going back and slugging it. I didn't even want these socks. I'll put you in the head like them right over here. All day tomorrow. I don't. They didn't have a word for tomorrow. I guess it's Boxing Day, right? That's what they call it across the pond. Boxing Day. Box up all this crap that I didn't want and take it back and call people names at the store. Probably spread the wrong around. Hope folks will stay safe. We'll just be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in. But it has been very quiet and that I have enjoyed. Very nice to practice yoga. It's quiet, no extra noise. Other folks, if you have thoughts, uh, observations to share, uh, feel free. Line should be open. Allow folks to get their thoughts together for a moment. Again, with the vaccine, uh, I would encourage folks uh, maybe even check your policy and procedure right now uh, because they might have uh, information already uh, about vaccines and those types of requirements. Uh, for some uh, places like Thomas in New York was saying about the flu shot and that type of thing. They might already have that type of info, like some places where you're required to get a flu shot. I would say, oh, yeah, they're going to require a Rona shot like soon, very soon. Uh, So and it might even be not necessarily if you are an employee. That's why I was saying I would think if you are a student at one of those major university, University of Florida, uh, Florida State down there next to retired firefighter Ohio State some even University of Washington right where I am that's like student body 45,000 or whatever it is I would be stunned if they don't have some there's no way we're bringing all these folks back on campus without a Rona shot like I just I cannot envision a world where that doesn't happen so yeah it will be quite a bit to uh, check and then see are there exemptions if that's something that you want like talk about reading policy and procedure like wow 
this is the time to make sure you do so. You do not want to be showing up at work and having to read that last minute. Like this is one kick your feet up comfortably at home and read slow. Maybe if they have a, uh, if you're on a job where they have a PDF version of the policy and procedure, uh, you can do the uh, text to speech feature and have it read aloud to you so you can listen. I know some people are more auditory, uh, so you can do it that way and just listen to it two or three times through. But I would read it very carefully to get all the and then question. Like I said, this would be one if I had questions, get them in writing so that you get written answers from the most or I would say the most powerful white person possible. So it's not, oh, you spoke to the janitor or you spoke to, you know, Ted and, you know, Margaret is the CEO or the vice president or what have you. And she has final say, oh, the most powerful white person possible. What is the policy and procedure and any questions that you have? Get them answered in writing. If it's what are the exemptions? What's the pot like Thomas in New York was saying, like if it's this is the exemption, not I find up when I bring my letter in that it's oh, and you have to wait two months while we verify this. And that's two months without pay. Like you want to know all that in advance because it might be that important to you to say, oh, okay, I just need to know that in advance so that I can save up for those two months grid it through that and boom then I'm good because I am not getting the vaccine no problem just give me all that information up front uh, let's see uh, 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate I was going to say hopefully, but yeah, because I did say if we had any folks, if you had to kind of suffer labor through uh, any of the Zoom horror day parties, uh, let us know. We didn't hear from that. So I'll I'll hope that means no one had to to go through that humiliation. So bravo. Uh, If you did write in and we'll we'll read it for uh, next week, because I know sometimes they kind of extend these parties and it can kind of become a new year. Uh, festivity thing and then they'll tie it into the bowl games and the Super Bowl and all that so yeah if if you have some sort of gathering even if it extends into 2021 let us know again sobriety would be best even if you're doing it virtual let's see no folks are getting their thoughts together or uh, spectating. I'll say again, no spectators uh, for the workplace racism segment. Yes, ma'am. Emmy. Um, I wanted to, if there was time and there appears to be time, I wanted to comment on the clip about older folks finding employment. And my mother talks to me about this a lot, and she feels she's still employed, um, and I'm so grateful for that. She's permanently now working from home, and I'm so grateful for that, too, because that way she doesn't have to make the long commute, which for us, it's about 56 miles from um, where I live to D.C., and 
uh, that can be an hour, but that can be three, depending on traffic. So I'm very grateful that my mother is no longer having to make that commute. But she's always talking about how they'll bring in all of these younger people who have all of these skills, primarily like with technology, and she feels like she's lagging behind. And, you know, she just wants to make sure that she's always needed and valuable. And it kind of hurts my heart a bit because I watch her work harder to prove her worth and value, and and I just don't like it. But um, but when I heard that stuff, it made me think about all the older people because I've been seeing them a lot more, like, in grocery stores, bagging things. I always thought that was kind of strange. Like, I just I felt like it was strange, but I understand why. And so the thing that I want to say um, in case, I don't, you know, whoever's on the line and whoever has access to young people to really, really, really strong. Oh, are you still there? Are you still there? Connection might be bad again. Still there, Emmy? Not hearing you. Not hearing you. Happened twice. They'll wait till we get to really good suggestion and then kill the uh, connection. We'll persevere and see if we can uh, get her back on because it sounded like she had good, some good recommendations for uh, younger folks. And we did have that segment uh, talking about how all this with the the Rona and the economic downturn has impacted uh, older workers in particular, even though that segment didn't say anything about older black workers who have certainly uh, had a tough time uh, more so than most uh, throughout the past year, uh, basically. Uh, but we'll, as soon as we get, oh, let's see, let's see, did we get her back? Are you back with us, Emmy? Let's see. Did we get you back, Emmy? Are you still there? Um, can you hear me? Please tell me you can hear me. Yes, we got you this time. All right. We lost you right when okay. you were um, going to give us your advice. Okay, and I apologize. It was close to me, but I was hard-headed, and I did not really listen and take it seriously until now. But I try to tell everyone, especially younger people, to find, like, if you're going to go to college, get a career, a certification, and a profession that will be valuable in the future. I'm not diminishing any of the soft sciences or the arts or the liberal arts or anything like that. But to incur the debt that most of us incur to go to college um, is not going to be worth it and is not going to pay. When I was leaving the house for work, um, people in college were talking about their struggles now with the Rona and trying to pay for college and student loans and all of that stuff to get a career that pays to suck it up dig their heels in, study and do it and get a career that pays. And I just can't stress that enough because no matter what, particularly for healthcare, this is how I feel, you're needed. Um, and I haven't heard of a single healthcare, actually, I have to think about that, but most healthcare professionals um, are still in high demand. And I think that's going to be the case for the near and even further future, it might change with teledoc and things like that in terms of the pay and how services are rendered. But I feel like it's a guaranteed field. And, you know, 
there's just not enough encouragement, enough, not enough push, not enough exposure. I think you can only attain to what you've been exposed to. So if you have young people around you, just keep saying it, keep beating it into them, not physically, but like keep stressing the importance of choosing a career that makes you indisposable, make yourself indisposable. Um, that's what I'm attempting to do. I'll always be checking in for as long as the couch is. So we'll see if it really works. But even now, I've still been employed and I'm in healthcare. And because I've always been in healthcare, I've actually never been unemployed. And whenever I tried to do something else and I got tired of that, I was always able to come back to healthcare, whether it was um, being a pharmacy technician, being a habilitation technician, working with IDD folks, um, being a patient safety technician, working in the hospital. Um, being direct care support for um, children, psychiatric children, no matter what, it's always been healthcare. I've never really struggled to keep a job. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Thank you all for listening. Much obliged, uh, Emmy. We certainly need uh, more black doctors, physicians for many, 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 many reasons. Uh, I think have some folks with us right now aspiring to fill that gap. Dr. Francis Cresswells and great illustration of why we need more uh, black doctors. Uh, I, I did. I have seen uh, a number of reports where even uh, healthcare workers uh, have been impacted uh, adversely uh, by the whole COVID-19 situation. Uh, NPR had a report uh, in the spring uh, amid pandemic hospitals layoff. 1.4 million workers in April and those type of reports have continued mostly because uh, they canceled so many like elective uh, surgeries, revenue generating uh, surgeries. They say uh, that that caused a lot of shortages and that sort of thing. So I have seen a lot of reports where even a lot of healthcare workers uh, have been furloughed, laid off, due to the Rona this year. Uh, but we still need lots of black doctors. Uh, let's see. Other folks uh, who dialed in, if you have commentary to share, hand up. Line should be open. Proceed. Hi, guest. Greetings be in Toronto. Greetings to you, callers and listeners. Um, there were a couple of things that I wanted to share. The first being um, about the uh, oximeters, um, the uh, those um, uh, little uh, devices that are to capture the pulse as well as the um, amount of oxygenation in the blood, um, that uh, they tend to be faulty on um, skin that is uh, darker complexioned. Um, so just to um, uh, be very wary about the result. And the reason why that is being brought up is because of the COVID um, situation. Um, that is often one of the tools utilized for taking vital signs. Um, so uh, sometimes the result will read as if everything's okay and there's enough oxygenation in the blood, um, when in fact it's the complete opposite and you, you may actually need um, emergency care. Um, but because the system's not showing up, you may not be receiving the care 
um, needed. And this is important because if you happen to contract COVID, um, this is one of the ways in which they will help to assess your health levels and the um, the acuteness of the uh, of the uh, situation in terms of um, uh, diagnosis. So that's one part. So just in case uh, I missed the earlier part, so I, I don't know if that was mentioned earlier. Um, the second thing to keep in mind too is in terms of drug tests um, that. Um, uh, substances such as cocaine tends to bind to darker hair um, than lighter hair and produces a lot of false negatives. Um, so um, for uh, occupations that do require a drug test, um, uh, if, a, if a false positive comes up, uh, and uh, this, you've never uh, ingested the substance, definitely um, request a review uh, because the false positives can bring about detrimental um, consequences such as loss of job, suspension, things of that nature. Um, and there has been uh, court cases um, r regarding false positives and African-Americans having to uh, fight for their rights as a result of that uh, because their jobs have been compromised. Um, also, the last thing uh, to um, recommend is for definitely for um, both older and younger workers, for older workers to definitely um, consider uh, putting away uh, for retirement. Um, if you haven't been able to start earlier uh, because of um, job instability, um, or, or due to um, uh, lowered pay, um, you know, do what you can now um, to start putting away. Um, for those who are younger, definitely um, implement the pay yourself first. Uh, some places would say to um, uh, start with five to 10%. Um, I would say that that is not enough. I used to work in the financial sector and I would see um, older um, uh, black individuals um, all the time uh, while they're doing their day-to-day -day banking and um, quite easily can look into the account and get a snapshot as to what life must be like. Um, and oftentimes um, there wasn't a retirement plan. Most of the jobs uh, did not have um, a pension uh, much less uh, 401k or um, Canada's uh, equivalent to RRSP. Um, so definitely uh, look into implementing uh, these tools and to start building upon it so you have a cushion for um, when it comes to retirement um, as it's very important to plan from now. Uh, so again, regardless of um, older uh, or younger, um, planning for retirement is key. Thank you, and I leave the line. Much obliged. Be in Toronto, like, as best you can. Like, yeah, trying to squirrel away those nickels. Like, yeah, like, that's one right there. Like, hey, we are trying to be prudish at work. We got lots of reasons. The money that you save on your 
fancy threads for the workplace going towards retirement like planning planning racists do not want us to try to squirrel away planning for the future so that we can make things a little easier that is not what that is like the antithesis of what Negras are supposed to be about because you're supposed to be stingy thinking like just you know about the next five minutes and that's it no long-term goal or thinking uh, about problem solving or what life is supposed to be about so love it love it love it love it and to try to get people thinking in that manner uh, from a early age early in their career uh, let's see uh, let me give out the number again. Can I be heard again? Retired firefighter in Florida. Yes, I'm. I'm going to uh, follow suit somewhat uh, from uh, the uh, the advice that uh, Miss Emmy had to uh, to state about you know with young people, and I'm going to do it from perspective of of my experiences. Uh, I went to college to be a teacher, uh, but I didn't pursue it. Well, I did for maybe two weeks until when I resigned and cause I already knew I was going to, uh, accept the job with, uh, the fire department. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go from this perspective of the fire department because on the line, it, it may be, uh, parents who have, uh, children, uh, and that can become an interest. Uh, uh, it is a job that takes care of the three things that I think that are paramount in employment, uh, which is a quote unquote livable salary, health care and uh, retirement. Uh, the fire department excels more so than uh, most jobs that require a college education. It, it rivals with, 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 uh, those particular jobs and you don't even have to start. You can start at the age of 19. So primarily while you're in high school, while that child is in high school, uh, just like, uh, within law enforcement, they have those junior law enforcement organizations Well, the fire department has those type of organizations also. Now, why is that important? That's important because you can get a, an Intel, view of of the different job openings and opportunities to get training and that sort of thing before you come out of high school uh, because that's what they basically enlighten those young people for. For the most part, they're filled up of white people. Uh, but there's nothing will stop you from going to a fire, fire station and asking a non-white black male or female firefighter about how do I join uh, the junior firefighters. I forgot what actually the technical uh, uh, pronunciation is, but it's basically that's what it is. And I'm pretty sure that somebody would enlighten you, enlighten that young person to that. Uh, and because what you want to have, what you want to have by the time that you are 18, 19, if you, you could, it's, it's possible that you could be certified in your state as an EMT, which is emergency medical technician or a paramedic. Uh, and uh, also, in some cases, 
you can be state certified as a firefighter. Uh, you can have those qualifications before you even get hired by a, a fire a fire department like Boston or, or Miami-Dade County or a city of Miami or whatever. Uh, because for the most part, they don't hire people off the streets, quote-unquote, like myself and Mr. Clark got hired that didn't know anything about the fire service at all. That's how we got hired. We got trained by Dade County Fire Department, but they don't, they don't, they very rarely if at all do that. Uh, primarily they get people who already have the credentials. Uh, uh, so those things can be acquired. And what, I mean, what actually takes place is uh, there's so many jobs within the fire service in itself, other than fighting fires. There's tons of other things you can be doing. And uh, within that time, uh, retirement is is not 30 years like most jobs are. It's 25 years because of, quote, unquote, high risk. Uh, and as I mentioned before, uh, the fire service rivals with just about any job when it comes to uh, 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 pension and uh, also uh, health care. As long as you're, as long as you're living, <laughs> you know that sort of thing. Uh, help, and not only for your yourself, also for uh, any of your uh, 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 family, quote unquote, children or whatever, that sort of thing. So, uh, just spread the word on that uh, uh, as much as you can. If you don't have any offspring or or other eligible, it, it don't have to be your offspring. It, it could be your brother, your little brother, or whatever, or or, or, or uh, sister, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, and the earlier, the earlier, the better, as far as uh, based on what I've stated before. And that's all I would say. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter. The earlier, the better. Generally true most things uh, great point just being able to go up and ask uh, I suspect more often than not you will get something constructive just going up and asking uh, if you see a black firefighter mm-hmm. or whatever it is like hey is it possible you could give me some tips on how you got this job what do I need to do is it paperwork or website or I guess you probably have to do that you know from six feet with a mask on now but you get the gist of it like that would probably get you started in a good direction um, for young folks out there and that right what he said about in terms of uh, the fire department like they have uh, good insurance and pension and all that so you can retire and all that he was just talking about that in Toronto that right there is he said you get to try, retire a little bit early right because this is high risk so you get to retire at like 25 or something uh, or 25 years rather um, that right there is a part of the reason whites for so many years did a spectacular job keeping black people from getting jobs at the fire department and many other places like we are not going to let these niggers get good pension holding job at the fire department sometimes the job at the fire department that might include like all kinds of other little juicy benefits and what have you like they have some places uh, if you get if you have a job at the fire department that might mean that you get a whole house like because the fire department is so small like man yeah they have done a spectacular we talked about that in case uh we're really good jobs where you get a good salary it's what he just said pension 
retire early benefit not just for you benefits for your whole family oh no these are not nigger jobs no 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 we get you something where you can go out and break your arm and then you know oh no disability for you sorry you know that's that's the type of work that you do white people get jobs so we pension disability even though a whole lot of white people even have moped about that this year and said man I lost my health care damn Rona messed up everything like 2020 has been unpleasant Uh, let's see other folks who dialed in the number or rather the number again 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate Uh, let's see other folks who are with us? May I be heard? Caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Um, I would like to share some updates. The first is it looks like we still have our furloughs going on. Um, as far as I know, uh, they already have it set to be, um, all the way into February. So, uh, the last paychecks looks like it's been the same amount. So I don't know if something has switched back. If it has, we haven't been informed. Um, my next is, uh, the emails I've went to my threshold of how many I was going to put in the email system. So the rest is going to be on the phone. Uh, I think there's been a lot of uh, responses to what I've been sending and I already knew that they were going to be reading it. So one of them was uh, there was the, the top person, the top white person in the warden, the female, they went around and, they were taking pictures, right? And I noticed that they were only taking pictures of the black people because he came in and brought, uh, you know, the clerk or whatever, came in and brought these masks and he put ribbons on them. So he was handing everybody these masks and the white person was skipped over. He did not or she didn't take a picture of him posing with the white person as well as the white people in the other room. So this leads to the uh, circuit rider coming out. And, and I'll speak on this one. He was a humongous metaphor, but uh, what was in that the recent version of the release, all pictures of black people. Um, in the area that I work, in the civil area, child support, traffic, et cetera, juvenile and everything. Uh, she even, the warden even took pictures or a picture of a black person without their, you know, you know, without even getting their attention, took the back of their head, took a picture of the back of their head and put their names on it. And it's like, okay. 
this is obviously one of the responses. So, uh, as you say, you use the term weaponize the newsletter. Definitely. I agree. Uh, another one was the day after I uh, called the click out, the white woman supervisor, one of the most refined white people in the building, she, uh, at least 25 to 30 minutes into the day after the victim of racism gets there, she speaks to her from across the, uh, the department. And the black female goes, uh, we've only seen each other five times. So why are you just speaking to me now? <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I spoke to you or not, which didn't make any sense to me. Uh, and the next one was the victim of racism, once again, uh, was speaking with some of the racist females and I don't know what they were saying, but she was trying to get me to take a picture with her. And I said, no, I'm good. And, you know, she asked me like two more times and I said the same thing. And she says, well, okay. Okay. Uh, because if I were to post this and, you know, I have to keep telling all of my friends that, you know, Oh, this is my coworker. Leave, leave, you know, leave me alone. Don't ask me nothing. Oh, who is this? Who is this? So I'm thinking that was um, orchestrated in some way, in my opinion, because she is talking with them quite often. But uh, I expect that kind of behavior. And she's been doing the ceremonies uh, because the clerk isn't in town for, or wasn't in town this week. So she did the ceremony and a racist click member. Um, she complimented the way that she did the ceremony. Oh, you know, the, the way you did that, it was pretty, it was, it was pretty well done. And it was for a black couple and the black baby. Okay. The dad needed someone to hold the baby. The baby did not want to go to the racist. No, see the baby black male child look very uncomfortable. So that is outstanding that even the child noticed it. So black male father had to hold on to the baby while they did a uh, exchange rings. So she complimented the black female and she said, Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Now maybe they'll put me in the circle writer. So once again, another attempt at trying to, uh, confuse the victim even further. All right. So, you know, I just kept my distance and everything. Uh, there was another attempt that, as I say, what I, what I notice is when it comes to including black people, it's either taking a picture, signing a card or a plate of food. So all at the same time, uh, someone orders pizza, right? And they cook breakfast that morning and the black male civil court director goes and buys hundreds of dollars worth of food, you know, and one way or another, they're trying to get me to eat some of the food. And I say my usual codified response, no, I'm good. 
these people, now I'm at the desk trying to do work. These people turn on a cha-cha slide song and they're over there dancing, um, you know, a little bit after I clocked in. So <laughs> the uh, black person, black female, she comes in and, you know, she was like, what did I miss? What did I miss? I said, oh, girl, we was doing the dance. You should have seen this. And they're trying to reenact the dance steps and everything. And the assistant manager is like, oh, oh, don't worry. We're going to do it again later on. So uh, superb tackiness, basically. And I had wrote that one down. Uh, I have two more. One is I heard that there is a code apparently with how the uh the white women in the clique wear and walk in their cowboy boots. Apparently there was this I've been reported that there was a conversation of how they do a strut of a certain type. Um, because I noticed that they were all wearing these boots. You know, and they in all of the different departments. And they watch me and a lot of other victims. So they got this certain type of code that they use when they uh, do their struts in their boots. And uh, this was the person that revealed this is the person with the white and the non-white parents. So I wanted to share that. And it was uh, a post that I found interesting where one of the click members posted an image of a devil um, sitting in a bathtub with his head going back and his arms kind of flailing up. And it reads, this is what it's like when I finally get to get away from work and I get to come home and be who I really am. So another one, the screenshot and to put in the archives. And that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Yikes. That's uh they they say uh Satan Claus, uh Santa Claus fight the same thing, you know, those anagrams. You just slide one one letter over and you know, they both wear red. It's a lot of similarities. They say that the Santa fella he goes down the chimney, right, where the fire is. They say the Satan fella, he just hangs out with the flames, right? A lot of a lot of similarities uh, between the two of them. Go ahead more to that later. Uh, I you know, you what does it mean to be white? You got to take folks at their word. Like, uh, yeah, you got to take folks at their word. Like, that's <laughs> even the comparison. Like, I'm, I'm just fooling you folks while we're here at the courthouse. When I get to let my hair down, as they say, <laughs> well, indeed, that is one to, to screenshot and to remember all the time when talking to this person, like, mm, say, and then, then they get mad. If you say white devil, what, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, let's see. The, all the food stuff, like I'm, I'm like a Paul. I mean, now, it is the holidays, so I guess that would, I mean, you know, this time of year, that's what it would be, right? Bring in all the food and Christmas cookies and punch and pizza and all the rest of it, you know, that's what it would be. But I would think, like, 
the Rona? Like, I thought Florida was having a big problem with all that. Like, it's not really munching time. Like, and then to go all out, like, hundreds of Like, man, I just don't, uh, I don't, maybe it's me. Maybe, uh. I, pizza is I've, I've had a lot of pizza in my life that used to be I used to be one of those folks like you had me at P like I'm elbowing people out of the way and get my plate and two pizzas pepperoni oh my God. absolutely but I mean come on come on come on the code is no eating at work he says standard I'm thank you I'm good thank you I'm good matter it might even be uh, amplified once I see like wow we are in the room. Did they really bring in like a hundred dollars worth of pizza? I'm fasting. Like it's, I don't care what you but like, even if you think you got, we got, Oh no, Gus, we got a salad. I'm fasting. Really? Like I'm fasting. Wow. Thought we had, or again, I'm fasting. Thank you. Hiding my water from you over in the corner and back to work. And then on top of they brought all this food and nonsense in in the middle of the Rona they are doing the cha-cha like what in the world like we got people who are furloughed and all the rest is this why we came to work like it's nothing and we'll have nothing else to do that's what we came in to do to dance around on the floor that's you know battle the Rona I hope we're not doing the people touching because I've seen sometimes where they got um You'll have your hands on the person's waist uh, who's in front of you as you come in doing all that. I hope they weren't doing all that. But I mean, man, that is uh, the great state of Florida at the courthouse. Uh, the Bravo to the black child, black self-respect, brain computer still working like you got me in the hands of one of these devils. Get me out of here. What is going on? Like, uh, hey, let's let's move it. Let's move it. Let somebody. Hey, hey, you can't just be having your child in anybody's hands. Like uh, children let you know. Like, that's been my experience. Like, hey, you do not just put me with anybody. They are very, very picky uh, about who has their mitts on them and even who getting close to like, hey, back up off of me. Back up off of me. Like, uh, I don't even like you doing a whole lot of tough looking at me. That's been my, I don't have children. But at, I have been around children. That has been my experience. Uh, they have, we talk sometimes about having a, uh, how R- Jeffrey Dahmer, he was mentioned, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, they'll have a really good radar for picking victims like, oh, this person is vulnerable. Oh, this person's black self-respect has been compromised or whatever it is. And sometimes we victims, we don't have a good radar. We don't pick up like, whoa, this person is giving off some Dahmerish vibes like, whoa, whoa, this person called themselves a devil like whoa I need to be care-. like sometimes our radar is not working correctly it's been my experience like really young children oh yeah that radar is working like whoa get that 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 put me down right now not right now put me down that's been my experience um the pictures uh I didn't really have like a deliberate code, but I think just based on like this week and what we've heard in total, it would be no pictures on the job. Like, you know, they, I guess if it's like a group picture, 
you know, you would probably, you know, twist somebody's arm. But I mean, hey, I, when they talked about your religion, my religion, I do not take for. And then I would fall back on my counter racism code. You see, I don't have any pictures in my work area. I do not take photographs. And I think for a lot of instances, you could get away with it. It probably won't work if you got 15,000 pictures of you and all your homies and your family all over. It's probably not going to work then. But if you don't have any pics up in your desk area, you don't have any pics on your screen, on their machine or whatever else, you might be able to ride with that one. Like, oh, no, I don't do. Mm -mm, No, thank you. That way I'm not in the freaking newsletter or anything else. Uh, where, oh, yes, this is my favorite color. Come over here and take a, a photograph with me. Yes, we'll stand next to the Christmas tree. I just love all the colored employees here at the court. Get closer. Yes, here, get close. Isn't the Rona going on? Like, come on. Come on. We did not. We. I know it's the, and I've seen this. I've seen this for years, like serious jobs, right? The courthouse is serious. What I mean, see, like this is not working at the 7-Eleven. No disrespect to anybody who works at uh, 7-Eleven, but I mean, it's a big difference. You work someplace where people come to get marriage licenses as opposed to people come to get a Slurpee. I've gotten a lot of Slurpees in my life. I'm just saying. Where you work at some place where serious work is supposed to be happening. And just because it's so-called holiday season, people are... <laughs> They got pizza parties and are dancing in the hallway and it's just total nonsense. Like they're not even doing like we could be home. Even if there was no runner, we could be home. Like if this is what we came to do, like we are just totally wasting time in the name of, oh, it's white Jesus's birthday. Yes. Mm. I've, I've seen this. I've seen this with my own peepers where we got to stop and decorate the tree and then they come and nag you about that oh come on Gussie we got to decorate the tree and don't be an old screw like that's what we're going to do for the whole month of December like really and then they'll even drink sometimes I've seen that too they'll do the cha cha and all that and then oh we can have a little drink just because the holiday like doesn't get any better than tacky upstairs. I, I didn't have that in my code before, but I think it would be there now. No pictures. So everybody knows, like, don't even come uh, and ask me, especially he said to be so tacky about it to come around. And they just they like they are deliberately avoiding the white people. Oh, move, move, Deborah. We don't need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not yeah, Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like, come on, move, Deborah. We don't need you. Up, I picked up on it immediately. It does I not. I saw what they were doing. Does not get any better than tacky. Like you're coming around and just, oh yeah, move Rebecca. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, come over here, Gus. Yeah, he said to be so tacky. You don't even let the person get turned around. They're on the computer. That's okay. Just get the back of his head. Okay. Good one. Yep. Let's see. Let's see. Let's find the. They got a fork in them. Doesn't matter. Come on. Get over here. Yep. Right. All right. Good one. And then we'll just get all like, are you serious? Are you see? That's the best that we can get. For- we love the Negro. And it's in the newsletter. See there. No pic. That wasn't even like, you know, for- I'm not a picture person like, you know, Regard curmudgeon man. I said it for years. I, if again, if I was Michael B. Jordan, I probably wouldn't feel that way. 
But that notwithstanding, even if I was begrudgingly, I would have to say, yeah, there is some logic to that. No pictures for the workplace. If that's what it's going to be, I'm good all the way. <laughs> like, uh, and even he said, like last week, they went over and uh, like, hey, like I'm a, I'm a little dark in the photo. Well, you're already dark, aren't you? <laughs> like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and I said, I, you know, I said I was going to, uh, I told, I said to the victim, I said, uh, you know, I'm going to write that one down. She said, go right ahead. You know, uh, she said she was going to use that one. Uh, and just on the extra tackiness when she, now this person ordered three large pieces and brought them onto our side and sat them on the uh, counter. And she says to the non-white, non-black person, uh, you know, did you get some of the crispy kind? You know, because that might have roaches in it, so that's for extra protein. <laughs> one of the one of the ones wearing cowboy boots. I'm totally, totally good. See, that wasn't my code. Like I used to eat when they would have like work that type of thing. They would bring pizza in or. Chinese food, subs, uh, sweet donuts. Oh yeah. Donuts all the time. That type of thing. I used to be right there. I told you elbow people like, get out. Ah, pretzel day. Ah. I used to be right there and counter racism code for about a billion re the Rona would be enough. That would be more than enough to be like, what the come on, like, uh, you gotta be joking. But I mean that layer of tackiness, the one with the roaches, that's for you. That's extra protein. <laughs> I am appalled, like, to the highest. Like, I am never eating not a pecan, not a drop of water, like, nothing. You have got to be outside of your mind, like, man what that's about it if they had like a water cooler in the workplace and I felt that was safe that's about it like I said before like no using the refrigerator in the workplace because I've seen where that can be ridiculous like keep your food you know on your person that type of thing no just man it does not get any better than tacky and they'll do that where you can be flagrantly mistreated in the workplace the whole year. They had black people that he works with who were saying like, man, they don't value us at all. They don't treat us well. Like we're not paid right and blah, blah, blah and all the rest of it. And then they come at the end. They go, oh, look, we got pizza. We love you. Yum, 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 yum. The roach pizzas for you. Yes, we love you. Yum, yum, yum. Like really <laughs> like that's supposed to. Oh, they feel so much better for us. Yes. They showed us a little love at the end of the year. Like <sighs> do not ever eat in the workplace. Even they might even find out that you like certain things that they feel like, Oh, this is like our health nut person. But like I said with me, I don't care what they bring. They could find like it could be exactly the type of food that you eat every day that you love whatever your favorite favorite food is they bring that in a hermetically sealed dish right 
even that is going in the trash. Like I'm not eating anything. You know, even have someone talk to me like that. Like this is food that you want me to eat. And you're joking that it's got roaches. <laughs> what in the world? Like I can't even get again the Rona. Blah, blah, blah. Why is that even funny? That the pizza or the food, whatever it is that's for me, has the roaches in it. The crispy one. I guess it was like they've been having on this side, what I call the white side, right? They've been having uh, the uh, roach problem over there. So we haven't been having it over on our side. So they brought the pieces over there. And she decided to make that comment to the uh, non-white person, you know. And she'll say things of that nature at other times, too. But that was definitely one that I caught. I said, oh, man, that's just sickening, you know. And, uh, you know, like the reply comment to the devil uh, picture, this, uh, this, this person says, I feel this in my soul, ha, ha, ha. And she worked in another department. So they already agree with each other about the devil thing. So I feel it in my soul. Jesus. <laughs> That's the courthouse. What does it mean to be white? Take people at their word. Um, you know, Satan. That's how, those metaphors, too. Like, yeah, that's what's being compared. That's how you see yourself. That's how you think of yourself. Satan. Yes, that is me. <laughs> like, I feel it in my soul. Yes. All righty. That. I will keep that in mind when I have contact with you, when I talk, especially if you are offering me some food, like I don't care if I forgot my lunch, didn't get to eat any breakfast, looking iffy for dinner. I don't have anything cooked. Got a nickel to my name. Oh, I brought you a chicken sandwich. Maybe I can go by my mom's house and bug her for a sandwich. I'm good. I'm good. Like, nah. And I mean, I'm laughing, but I'm like a thousand percent serious because we've had so. It would be totally different if this was like a one time thing. You know, like he just called in today, like, oh, yeah, you know, they can't the little roachy comment with the food, blah, blah, blah. Okay, maybe that's enough. This is like all the time where people have called in with different things about harassment about food, messing with their food, messing with their. I told the freaking firefighters they had to make PSAs. Please don't urinate in your fellow firefighters' beverage. That's why I said you can't even use the refrigerator. It'd be totally different if this was just, you know, I'm being an extremist. This is all the time. Standard workplace behavior, obstacles, unfortunate things. Things I wish people had told me when I started and I would have had a totally better workplace experience i would have avoided uh some really unnecessary problems uh and and just had better safer better and safer habits to not just be thinking like oh it's great they're looking out for us it's gonna be food today or blah 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 like (laughs) totally different environment that's happening here i'm good i got a paycheck i'll eat when i get home man uh the number much obliged caller uh in florida Number seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four 
943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate uh, we have about 10 minutes or so left in the broadcast uh, less folks are you know all satisfied and ready to go I don't even know what is it uh, unwrapped gifts or, or eggnog I don't know what the the festivities are for the conclusion of a Christmas day something of that nature watching something on television or shouting about what you didn't get maybe if you got a PS5 you can just get online and be gaming away hopefully you don't get called Negra I think there's a lot of uh, that sort of thing in the gaming world too unless I'm misinformed other folks have uh, comments that they want to make sure Thomas in New York yes back to the um, the flu shots at the hospital Uh, I, I read the policy book and after the, I took the first one, I read the policy book. And the policy said that if you didn't take the shot, you could wear a mask and work your shift with the mask on. And you didn't have to take the shot. But um, my, my bosses wasn't hearing that. And even though I showed them the policy, they was like, you know, we, we, we don't care. You know, everyone in our department is taking a shot. And I went to the union, and the union was like, boy, just take your shot, you know, as a black woman. So, um, you know, it was no recourse there, but that was the policy. And um, when we had to wear the mask, because you would have to get fitted for it. And it's not like, like I, I don't understand how the masks that go behind your ears, because like, when I worked at the hospital, they had these two strings, and you had to tie one on the top of your head and one by your neck. And then they'll put this bag over your head and they'll shoot these different fragrances and stuff that you'll breathe and to prove that you didn't taste, you know, that like they had to be fitted perfectly. Um, and you certainly, you know, you can hardly breathe in those. I don't get that same protection uh, when I have to put on the one that goes behind my ears. Uh, but at my job, uh, one of the responsibilities, and um, this is a job where people get um, they get terminated quite often. And the termination has hit me first. So I get the email, you know, level five termination. This person has desk has to be cleaned out at this date, you know, and um, you know, has to be um refilled, you know, for the next person to take their place by this date. So, um, you know, that that's the first thing I get when I come in. So cleaning out these people's desks because everyone, once you get fired or terminated, you don't come back. You know, you don't get to go and get your stuff. Um, the, a lot of the people that work in the foreigners, um, Asian, um, from the, one of the Asian countries, uh, either India, China, Japan, uh, you know, all in that area, also a lot of Eastern European whites. And um, they keep a lot of food and beverages in their desk that's from their country. Um, and it's like kind of, everyone's kind of like um, very computer. These are all coders. So they're, they're, they walk around talking to themselves and they're trying to keep the code in their head. And you know, I just leave them alone. But they, um, they, they kind of live at their desk, so it's kind of nasty. Some of the stuff you got to throw away. Any food, I throw it away. I don't 
send it to them, but white people that work there, white Americans, they like to keep a lot of trophies and trinkets, things that in their mind are priceless at their desk. And after they get terminated, I get calls from them about how they want this stuff packaged to them to be sent back to them. It's, it never feels like, why would you have something like this at your desk? You know what I'm saying? But um, also they keep, they, all the white people seem to go to the gym a lot. And all their sweaty gym clues just seems to, I haven't met one, seen one yet that then no other culture does this. They just leave their sweaty gym clothes in the bottom drawer. So I kind of know what to expect. And then you open the drawer and say, oh, my God, you know, you got a claw lock it there. But, you know, sweaty socks or shorts they might have worn to the gym and sweated out. And they came back and changed their clothes and just threw it in the desk. And been there for a couple of weeks with another two, three pairs of shorts. You know, it was just, it, you know, I just put all that stuff in a plastic bag and send it to them. I don't, you know, I, like, uh, but they never asked for that stuff. They always asked for these trophies and trinkets. You know, they were employee of the month. Like, you just got fired. Why do you care? Why do you care to have that plaque? But I'm just really interested. You all not thinking. Clearly, these are not cows listeners. Um, I think we've been pretty staunch about that for years now even before we had a workplace racism as like a specific broadcast uh, in saying hey you do not want all that stuff piled up at your desk uh, for many re- I just said pictures nothing like that's fantastic if they give you employee of the month employee of the year plaque phenomenal I hope it comes with like a 25% pay increase but if that plaque really means something to you take it home like it really I mean I I certainly understand some people who work jobs where you spend a lot of time there and so you want to make sure that you have kind of an emergency uh, stash of food or what have you uh, I would encourage like if you have a, a briefcase or kind of your day pack type thing that you bring with you be much better to have it there uh, just I wouldn't even trust leaving food in your desk area for a lot of reasons certainly anything that is uh, of value I just, for many, many reasons, I would not leave it in the desk. As he said, I think he said there, they have routine firings. And I think many people have worked at jobs where they have routine firings. Uh, you do not. We've talked about you don't want that walk of shame where you've got to have five boxes and you've got all these pictures and all your little knickknacks and trophies and gym clothes and all the like no and or you don't want a situation where up oh, you've been fired let's get your security card and your access has been revoked security is going to lead you out in front of your peers uh have fun <laughs> uh, maybe we'll mail you your items maybe we'll just throw them in the trash like you do not want to have that problem like nothing at my work area but the things that i need to do my job and most of it is going to be the company's equipment their computer their phone their desk all the rest of it uh i was we didn't get to hear uh black male privilege about the flu shot like they didn't say uh you didn't go in and say hey to the union officials like it says in the policy and procedure that if you don't want to get the shot you can just wear a mask they said uh, they didn't say well oh we've got a black man here yes he, he doesn't have to get this boy 
Go on and get your shot. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm a black man. Wait, what are you talking about? It's just toxic masculinity, black masculinity and black patriarchy. What do you mean telling me, boy, go get my shot? Like I'll huff and puff and smack you around and, uh, boy, what? Black male privilege. Black male privilege. Anyway. Uh,. The number is, well, yeah, we have about two or three minutes. Any other folks have a final comment they need to get in? Uh, yeah, it's firing. Uh, really, really quick, for the next time or whenever, if anybody has experience, um, is a veteran or is active duty in the Air Force, if they could give some advice. My oldest little sister told me today that she... Um, wants to enlist, and I was not in the Air Force. Uh, My grandfather was. He retired, but he's passed away. I already talked to her and told her, uh, point blank, you're volunteering to go, um, you know, into armed conflict with other non-white people. She said, I know, but. So I said, okay, her mind's made up. So if someone has constructive information specific to the Air Force, I can give her general advice but specific to the Air Force, that would be appreciated for the next time I talk to her. Thanks, and uh, hotel. Hmm. Okay. Specific to the Air Force. Specific to the Air Force. Uh, I guess we can, uh, if you hear it, you want to email untiljustice at gmail.com. Untiljustice at gmail.com. Uh, I can read it, right? If you want to write a report or uh, if you want to share an email, like do a correspondence type thing, I could forward email. Just, you know, let me know. But specific to the Air Force, that would be great. Uh, Love sharing information, especially younger victims of racism. That is crucial. So until justice at gmail dot com and we will share. Uh, With that, uh, much obliged for folks tuning in. Hope it has been a constructive day. Uh, if you were around other victims of racism, attempted family, I hope it was uh, a safe, enjoyable time. Hopefully you didn't have to do any work or, you know, anything of that nature where it could just be easy, uh, replenishing, maybe discuss racism, white supremacy, maybe discuss the vaccine, maybe a little of both, uh, and eat some healthy, uh, delicious food and, uh, maybe, plan constructively things to do for the future things for 2021 things for 2031 we'll be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in 9 p.m eastern 8 p.m central 6 p.m pacific sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy even if you're doing the zoom holiday party I don't think it's going to be better if you are tipsy for that. Like, uh, be sober, watch out for the Jeff Tubins, give them 30 minutes, and then you're out of there. In addition to being sober, uh, I would still say hunker down. Like, they're going to have uh, sobriety checkpoints and such, uh, probably from now through New Year's, I would suspect. So, lots of reasons uh, to be very mindful. If you have to go out, uh, be aware of what's happening around you. If it looks like folks are getting volatile, loud, this outing is done. Uh, We are not 
engaging in like verbal confrontations in public with strangers. Uh, we should be thinking this fella, this woman could be armed and or they might be with five, ten other folks who are also armed. I did not leave my residence prepared for mortal combat. This outing is done. We'll try it again later. Call the enforcement officials, whatever you need to do, but no unnecessary risks this year. Uh, we are super risk averse heading into 2021. Uh, we're sober. If we're going out buckled, if you are driving, we are not on the cell phone. Uh, again, just trying to be as alert as possible about what's happening around us. And then also doing the small things to minimize contact with the Mark Furman's of the known universe. It has been time creator. We ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. No name calling. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. You're a victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. (laughs) Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.